half man, half spider, using the power for good. And he still has a day job. Isn't that great? I mean, talk, what, a, what a common man. He's not like Bruce Wayne walking around at all these fucking eyes wide shut parties. You know, how many tuxedos does Bruce Wayne own? And how did he make his money? How much? What, what did he do? How huh? did he inherit money when both his parents got shot in the alley? There, there, your parents got killed. Is that what the money he's spending? He's never working. It's always going over to the mayor's house. He's a fucking trust fund kid. Peter Parker still works for the school paper or whatever. Huh? Working for fucking Jameson, a guy named after whiskey. And I like when he wore the black suit, too. I think that that one looked better. And the suit started controlling him. I didn't like that. That made Peter look weak. You know, you know, I'm in over my fucking head when I'm, I'm talking about goddamn superheroes here. Welcome back, everyone, to Gundam at MAHQ. This is uh, one of your hosts, uh, Neo, and joining me always is Kristen Solbro. Say hello, and let's hope Chris is home and not some crazy Batman guy or Dennis or Troll or whoever it might be. Hey, could be Ben Affleck in this house now that he's Batman. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> there, there is nobody here. Oh, Good. hey, man. And I see that both of you survived the bad apocalypse, you know, after everyone having a conniption about all that stuff. The, the, rising, of, the rising of Batfleck? Yeah, we survived it. There you go. So, in this episode, this is going to be episode 130, and, well, I know Chris is excited because he's been... He's been counting down the days since this was announced, probably, what, about a year or so ago. Uh, we're going to be doing our review of Mobile Suit Gundam Age Memory of Eden, the OVA movie type of deal. So, Chris, it's your, it's, it's your day, man. How do you feel? The faggots hurt, too. <laughs> I thought nobody was supposed to be at your house. I didn't realize that Keo was there, and I'm actually surprised you even let him in. Because usually you have these goofballs come in, you, you you're, you're kind of surprised you let them do what they need to do. But I, I would I would imagine I always thought if you saw Keo walk into your house, you just go in blind red uh, red eyed rage. I'm just walking over to the death pit. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the uh, Leonid Leonidas. Uh, <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> Okay, this um, is Earth. <laughs> I dropped some candy in there. Could you pick it up for me? Oh, here, here's some here's some pills for your dead girlfriend. <laughs> Damn. You want some Tic Tacs? <laughs> want some Tic Tacs? Ma ma magic pills for your dead vegan girlfriend. <laughs> I got these magic Tic Tacs from some shady Zeon guy with a really shaky hand who keeps ranting about his tank. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> oh, man. 
Some little igloo reference. Wow, taking it. <laughs> going back to going back to two thousand what? Two thousand eight? Two thousand nine. <laughs> Can't remember. Further back that. than that actually, but yes. It's, yeah, it is a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, because that was first igloo. So, wow, man. Awesome. So, and we're going to have two topics. Our second topic, we haven't done one of these in a while, but it's a listener-submitted topic. And this one is coming from Poster Saber. And it's talking about the different roles of females in various mecha animes. Uh, probably most likely uh, Gundam and Macross and stuff, but you know, we'll, I'm sure there's going to be kind of a wide gambit there. So uh, we'll be discussing that. But uh, before we do that, any, anything, guys, before we go into some Neo's listener-submitted news articles? Nope. No? Chris, everything good? Good. Keo, Keo down the pit? Yes. <laughs> Didn't hear him scream, so I was just wondering. But uh, all right. It's a long drop. <laughs> Yes, coming to you from the Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king. You are the king. Here are some Leo's listener submitted news. And uh, you can always post your articles in the Neo's listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. Um, it's always going to be way above the Hopers and Dreamers thread. <laughs> Thank God. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against you, Soul Bro. <laughs> but, uh, but our first... Uh, story of the day. Oh my God, you guys! I know, I know, I've sent you uh, tomes, even though I know you guys will betray the humans. But I, I've sent you, uh, <laughs> I, I, I still sent you the tomes. And the first one here comes from Mecton GM, and this is a tomes clutcher right here. He's got a link. Uh, I guess uh, some uh, human collaborators at Michigan State University have designed a three-inch, one-ounce robot uh, called Tailbot. And he can do some remarkable physical feats. And he uses his little tail to get things done. So once he grows bigger, he'll probably use that tail to snap your neck. So that's probably uh, it. And he's the unprecedented. That's the first miniature robot capable of three distinct physical capabilities. Namely, running, jumping, and aerial maneuvering. So basically, it's going to be... Soon uh, to be added, murdering. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's going to be... It's good. <coughs> Excuse me. It's going to be soon to be uh, running with uh, running with a bayonet, jumping down from the sky like a ninja, and aerial <laughs> maneuvering will be bombing. And it's equipped with onboard energy sensing control and wireless communication to allow for autonomous operation. Not a good day. <clears throat> Not a good day. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mister Mechton GM, for that submission. Oh my God! And it just keeps getting worse. Because the foul sorceress follows up with more. He has here a robot apocalypse alert. Oh, and shit. this is coming from... Oh, this is even worse. Mm -hmm. This is coming from Queen Mary University. Or, uh, the, or at the University of London. The Queen, Ma Queen Mary's University of London. Mm -hmm. And they've developed... Some, uh, some, some chaps over there have developed a comedy robot. Oh, yes. shit. Robot that does stand-up comedy. That's wild. Yeah, I thought that was Dane Cook, but they've actually made a robot like that. And, will, uh, it, will it kill you with bad jokes? <laughs> I know Dane Cook will, but, <laughs> but uh, 
Yes. Uh, and it says here, the foul sorcerer says, it even makes an exterminate joke. This is no joking matter. When this robot is leading those miniature robots doing their bayoneting, their aerial maneuvering, and they're mm-hmm. jumping from the sky and killing you like ninjas like, would. Not hey, a good folks, one. I just flew in from Albuquerque, and boy, are my servos tired. <laughs> I <laughs> just killed a bunch of humans, and boy, are my servos t- I need some grease. Yes. Nice. No. Open, open might nights will never be the same if no. you survive them. No. <laughs> This is terrible or terrible, but um, as Charles mm-hmm. Barkley would say. Indeed. So th- thank you, Mr. Foul Sorceress, for making me even... Oh, tomes. I got claw marks in the tomes at this point. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy new tomes to, you know, to, to have these things being able to read when the, when the apocalypse happens. Because if I keep going this way, these things will be in shreds. So, uh, nice. Damn you. Damn you. So, um, yes. Thank you for that. And the next one here comes from an evil Australian. And you think an evil Australian would be in line with evil robots, but he's not. He's just got a link here about the second season of Majestic Prince is in the works. So I know you guys are excited, right, Chris? Big fan of Majestic Prince? Never seen it? Seen it? Love it? Hate it? Never seen it. Yeah, there you go. What about you, Solbro? I haven't seen it, no. Why'd I ask that? (laughs) So... It's uh, it's licensed Sentai Filmworks is licensed the anime for digital and home video release in North America and Crunchyroll's currently streaming the first season, and uh, so yeah, it's gonna be uh, looks like the first quarter year ending uh, March thirty one uh, two thousand fourteen is when they're looking to uh, have that stuff uh, premiere. So probably. Uh, first quarter there somewhere so thank you mr vent noir for your submission oh vent noir comes back with another one and this is he's got a link here and this is really cool and all i'm going to say is there is a um in shibuya tokyo they got a there's some pictures here i guess they have the the uh, gotcha man live action movie suits on display and i gotta say makes me want to be part of gotcha man looking at some of these uh suits these are really cool so yeah they uh and uh, ho- and uh, so yeah, check that out. Some cool stuff there. Oh my God! Invent Noir gets us one more time, and it says here from the Anime News Network, a Gundam Wing picture drama is going to be bundled in the second Blu-ray box that we will never see. So <laughs> <laughs> that is the picture but drama. That's that's not the worst part of it though. Yeah. What? Well, well, it's the second limited edition box set, and it's priced at twenty nine. Thousand four hundred yen, which is a it's a drop in the bucket. It's only two hundred ninety four dollars US, Holy and it's going to include the mobile suit Gundam Wing Frozen Teardrop Pixar drama, um, an original drama CD called Blind Target Two, ooh, a thirty two page booklet, as well as new audio commentary and other Blu Ray extras. Pre orders of the box set will close on December twelfth, and it will ship January 29th, two thousand fourteen. And what is the worst? Chris, did I hit it? No, you hit it. Frozen teardrop would be the worst. Yes, there you go. And the price. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. So thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for that. Think, uh, making up for those awful, awful robot apocalypse news that we had there. Oh, man. The next one here. Rodimus76 has a link to the Geek Tyrant. And there is new Titanfall gameplay demo. 
And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but this is uh, Titanfall's that um, that's that uh, mecha game that was shown in E3, right? That everybody's kind of going. Yes. The, 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 the mecha game that the creators insist is not a mecha game because they just don't <laughs> like they don't like that word. So they're not going to call it mecha, even though it clearly is freaking mecha. That's freaking yeah. stupid. As as I'm it as is. I'm looking at uh, as I'm looking at this, and I see a guy in the air going against a um, mecha that's on the ground. So okay, whatever. So, um, denial's the first stage, so what are you going to (laughs) do? So, thank you, Mr. Uh, Rodimus76, for your submission. Oh, the next one here. Cue the alert. Cue the alert. Survey news alert. Survey news alert. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is from the Geek Tyrant. Oh, man, look at this picture. There's been the first official photo from the set of Transformers 4 has been released. And, man, is it a good one. Of course, it has Survey in the front and it's got all the other actors in there guys like mark warburg and jeremy reinar and you know people like that but and they've also confirmed that the dino bots are going to be in this movie so uh what do you guys think of that dino bots in chicago that sounds pretty cool right <laughs> or china depending on where they where they show up well, yeah that, that's yeah yes that that is true and thank you for soul broing the news there you I'll go do that a little bit later but okay. you're welcome but um yes this uh, classic is slated to open June 27th of 2014. <laughs> so mark down calendars. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that more childhoods will be destroyed. Thank God. And uh, so the thank- millions. Yes, the millions. <laughs> millions of childhoods will be destroyed. And the next one here. Oh my God! If one survey news alert wasn't good enough, now we have two, and in a row. Silver August here has a link to Sabertron.com, and he's got some pictures showing people running for help, running in terror on the set of Transformers Four. So there's some pretty cool pictures there. Of course, we see Survey, um, you know, barking out the orders and the commands for this amazing, uh, this amazing film. And then he's got more here. There's now. Another link to Sabertron saying, Mayday, Mayday, news alert update. There's explosions. There's some, there's some survey explosions and running caught on tape. So, yes, if you're fans of the survey explosions, definitely check that out. His final post here, if you didn't think that was good enough, and I kind of like this. This is already, I was already going to see this movie because, of course, it's survey, but I guess there's some anti robo propaganda in this movie. And there's posters. They're showing posters of, like, um, you know, hatred of the robots and stuff. Even though the Transformers, they're kind of nice, like the Autobots are and stuff, but the Decepticons are not. But, yes, there's uh, uh, different uh, propaganda posters that they're showing. Some of them are pretty cool, so definitely check that out. What what do you guys think? You getting you more excited about um, Transformers 4? Oh, man, the, the general should use this poster right here, the one that says hate. And shows uh, evil Optimus Prime. That yeah. looks awesome. That should be his avatar, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am kind of getting tired though of every everything now being based off of that um, Barack Obama uh, picture from a couple years ago. I guess the whole picture. Yeah. yeah, the before was that before he became president or when he, it, yes. during his first campaign. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm a little tired of that because I'm kind of seeing it everywhere. But um, outside of that, yes, any a good robot is a dead robot in my eyes. So thank you, Mr. Arts, <laughs> for the survey news alerts. And thank you for the, the Maydays and news alert updates. You've, you've done a fine job. I'm sure Survey thanks you in his own way with all the Victoria's Secret models in his house right now as he's blowing up things. Indeed. So, oh. And they're blowing uh, up things, too. Yes. 
Well, he probably has them in bikinis actually hitting the triggers on things. <laughs> All right, do <picture> this. <laughs> the beach. Press that button. <laughs> so thank you for that. Oh, Anyone out there for a new car? Chris, Solbro, you guys in the market for a new car? I'm always in the market for a new Depends car. Depends on the car. Well, Bloody Night here has a link to the Anime News Network. Oh, man. And it looks like, I think Toyota did this last year. Uh, yes, 2012 at the Chara Hobby event. Uh, there was a Toyota Arrius. Arrius? Arrius. Aris, mm-hmm. that is, ooh, that's pretty close to Prius. Oh, yeah, it might be the cousin. <laughs> but uh, there was a Shark Custom uh, Toyota, including the iconic red paint job, the Xeon uh, logos, the blade antenna, things like that. Well, they've done it again. And this special package from Toyota Motorista International has this, uh, and there's also a YouTube video on here, voiced by Akeda starring Akeda as Char, driving away in this Toyota because it's much more powerful than that Zaku 2. But this uh, Toyota it has a blade antenna inspired by the head antenna on Char Zaku mobile suit. An aero kit with a front spoiler with embedded LED light, side skirts and rear spats, rear diffuser, built-in muffler, hood ducts, rear and front and rear light-up Xeon emblems, which pretty cool um <laughs> not not a big zeon fanboy that's pretty damn cool short suspension stri- springs mirror detailing 18 inch alloy wheels with the zeon logos on them blackout paint inside the headlights front wheels bumper and fog light bezels brake caliper paint original body artwork wrapping matte color carbon style roof caution labels many written in ooh the german octoon <laughs> so yeah it's um but definitely check out the uh, the little YouTube video, the little promotional video, because uh, man, it'll make you uh, want that car. I, I'm I guess uh, Solbro Chris, you guys are going to be jumping on this uh, as this once this hits America, the Char uh, the Char Toyota. Finally, well, the car. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, funny thing is, I already have a red Toyota. Oh, it's, but it's, is it three times faster? No, than normal. <laughs> but it's three times less expensive. <laughs> Know, probably yes. The, the problem with this is, if this did come to the U.S., it'd probably come as a Prius. That'd yep. probably be the thing. It'd be like, oh. that would be a damn shame. That's that is like my nightmare. Right what I would there. love is if this car actually made it on the episode of Top Gear. If it did, I would make my day. That would make my day. Finally, the car for the Xeon apologist is finally here. Pick it up. <laughs> so thank you, Mister Bloody Knight, for your submission, and thank you. Mr. Akeda, for being yourself. Thank you, everyone. And the last one here comes from Rodimus76. And we started with Robo Apocalypse News. It's only fitting that we end with it. Oh, man. This is dangerous here. Um, it looks like the uh, Google, you know Google. You guys have probably heard of them, right? Uh, little tech company does a few things. They're, they're looking that they may design and launch its own robo-taxi fleet of self-driving cars. This is not good. Wow. This is not good. Because could you imagine when the apocalypse happens that you're killed by a self-driving Prius? There's talk about nightmare. I mean, <laughs> if I'm going to fight the robots, it's like ro- with me against a regular robot. I'm not getting killed by a bunch of uh, taxi uh, Priuses. So, yes, it's, uh, I guess they're... It says here, um, 
that Google is reportedly in talks with a lot of the automating manufacturing giants regarding the possibility of doing their self-driving cars, you know, a fleet of them. And I know they've been testing this stuff a lot, haven't they, Chris? I know you kind of follow this a little bit. They've they, been kinda... they have been testing in, in states where it has been made legal, including, I believe, Nevada. So this has been going on for a few years. They've been kind of doing it quietly in the background, but this definitely is a step up from that. Yeah, it's as uh, it's just. I guess there, there, there's you know, it's just all speculation stuff. But I guess there, Google's floated the idea of doing like a robo taxi fleet. So you know, which I mean, well, it's interesting about that is, and this is getting a little techy, but um, I just saw a report last week that Google Ventures, which is um, their investment arm that invests in startups is pumping $250 million into Uber. Oh, really? Uber? Yes. Yeah. That's an app for um, basically uh, arranging for car pickup service. Oh, shoot. In various cities. So if you're looking at that sort of thing, it's like, hmm, so they're investing in that. That's a, and that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then they're developing uh, these self-driving cars for commercial application. That's sort of what I'm thinking. You have a little app and you just um, yep. call for a car and then poof, car shows up. I'm yeah. drunk. I'm drunk and come pick me up. You know, it's ironic. I, just the other day I was watching the news and they were showing up. Um, that is ironic. You were watching the news? I watch the news. So I watch the news on occasion, but when I do, they were showing uh, these cats that were hacking into car computers and taking over cars remotely. So yeah, um, I, I I I guess Anonymous is gonna have a field day with these taxis, man. Let's oh go. no, <laughs> your, your Robo car is being hacked. Hey man, well that's, in, in the book tones. in the book Robo Apocalypse, that's mm-hmm. when the, when the AI took over. It killed a lot of people with cars that had uh, computer brains that were self-driving. So, this is uh, it's this has all happened before. It's going to happen again. Oh my God! Investigation. Al Jones will have the exclusive scoop tonight. Action Eleven News. Al Jones. <laughs> all I know is Stephen King called. Is it, your man. car trying to kill you? Tune in. <laughs> Maximum overdrive, baby. Let's go. Your your Prius gets great gas mileage, but is it trying to kill you? Tonight <laughs> on Eyewitness I love News. It. Also, puppies, could they be any cuter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, by the way, uh, speaking of cars, I'm, I'm looking here at this, uh, this shark car. And, um, <laughs> he's the shark it's, car. Well, it's, it's, it actually looks a lot closer to the Matrix than it does the Prius. So yeah. that might be whatever get marketed here as if it does get released in America. So you don't have to worry about the dreaded Prius. Yeah, but I'm sure the freaking eco people would be like, if you're going to bring this over, you need to bring it over as a hybrid. So, but okay, shark car. (laughs) So thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for that submission. And thank you all posters for your submissions. And if you ever have a news article that you'd like to post, you know the rules. You know where to post it. Neo's listener submitted news articles thread, Gundam section, make a talk forum. And now, before... Uh, we, we go on to our first review. We got a couple other things to get to. And the first thing being the old Hopers and Dreamers Corner with Solbro. Must be. Oh, that's 
nuts. It's my turn? That's, uh, that's, that's crazy. Well, welcome to the Hopers and Dreamers Corner. And uh, I'm your host, Silver Ryu. And if you ever want to submit your hopes and dreams to this uh, to this segment of the show, make sure to head on over to mechatalk.net, click on the Gundam forum, find a thread for Hopers and Dreamers, and submit yours. And our first hopes and... Well, actually, before we get to the first hopes and dream, I just want to apologize to those um, who we read... Hopes yeah, and dreams. Oh, oh, retraction. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was... It was brought to my attention. This one. <laughs> <laughs> it was brought to my attention by uh, one of our listeners, Silver August, Silver underscore August. He uh, he wrote to me in the thread for last episode, episode one twenty nine. He writes, and I quote, "Sobro, you goof," and he spells he spells goof, G O U F, pun intended. You've got to check off the dreams you cover during Hopers and Dreamers because you read my Digimon hope now, and it's been crushed twice. It's no biggie though. The first time. Chris wasn't on, so I guess it now can be officially de- be deemed a properly crushed hopes and dr- hope and dream. But yeah, there checklist. Go. There you go. Done. I, I I now have a checklist, and I know exactly where we left off. And that would be with uh, PQ Comics. And he writes, "Hello guys, I have another insane dream." And yes, I was serious about what I said the last time. Anyways, with all of the super robot Shogokin. Gal Gygar figures that are being released. I'm I'm sure I'm assured that we will get an actual affordable genetic Gal Gygar. God, there's a lot of G's in there. Uh, <laughs> but I want a Goldion Crusher toy, and uh, although for, forever impossible and expensive and expensive it would be, I'd gladly sell my soul to buy it. And also a new Gal Gygar anime. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you, PQ Comics. And uh, that wouldn't be too bad of a. Of a of a figure, although I would like uh, what was the name of that um, the one mecha that was uh, Gal Gagar's rival? It was Jay Decker. I th- was it Jay Decker or no, it wasn't Jay Decker. It was Jay Jader. Jay Jader. That was King it. Jader. King Jader. King Jader. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. King Jader was the shit, and I would love uh, I would I would love uh, an Uber version of that if I could, if I if I have was the hope and dream for something. But uh, that's a nice hope and dream, Chris. Please destroy it. <laughs> Um, no. Hey, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, you got Piku Comics. You, you've got the rare occasion of Chris actually not wanting to destroy your hopes and dreams. He probably wants this stuff, too. No, so. no, no. You misinterpreted. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, no, as in never. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel too much hopiness in this. So uh-huh. I don't feel that I need to crush it that much other than just a simple affirmation that it won't happen you're you're not opposed to it but you know that it won't happen exactly this is too much of of something that could actually possibly happen as opposed to (laughs) some of the other ones that um that we'll get to today uh thank you pq comics next up is uh and i love this name uh shaz shaz noble and he spells it s-h-a-z-n-o-b-b-l-e nice nicely done um and he writes I hope for more non-UC OVAs. UC has been basically completely mined for ideas. The only thing that hasn't been touched on touched on in an animated form is late UC. And as much as I want to see the wait, series... Wait, wait, wait. Late UC? Hold yeah. on. I, I'm, I'm, can I do a striker um, crush, Chris? Or shall we lay, let him finish? Let, let him lay down the hope before it gets crushed. You, okay. you, 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 you may want some context. <laughs> 
not. The only thing that hasn't been touched on in animated form is Late UC. And as much as I want to see the series where the new type ghost of Paptimus Sirocco starts the Zanscare Empire on Jupiter, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Let's see a director's cut of the end of Gundam X, it's full 12 episodes long. The 14th Gundam fights. Hell, let's see an, uh, let's see an Astray adaption, adaptation. And um, that is his hope and dream. Um, I'll let you guys strike first. Go ahead, Neil. Um, okay, so the only thing that has been touched, really, is um, Late UC. What about the 78 years before, um, you know, the one-year war? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you had a few little battles and stuff, but <clears throat> we had the whole buildup of Xeon, the actual early mobile suits. You know, come on, really? The whole thing with Xeon Daikun running around? Really? That that that's all been done, right? Okay, there you go. Hope, dream, crushed, destroyed, <laughs> just like Sid. Chris. Okay, so <laughs> going to the other things, um, you know, not everything needs a sequel. I don't, I don't want a fourteenth Gundam fight because G Gundam was good enough and it ended on a perfect note. So why go back and potentially ruin what was good? So mm-hmm. no, um, you know, X turned out okay despite the sort of rushed ending and i would have rather had the 12 up the extra 10 episodes or so when it aired rather than 20 years later so no mm-hmm. and what was the other one uh oh astray no freaking way because as good as astray started out with the first few it mm-hmm. turned to uh garbage later Damn. on and became too convoluted and has hideous monstrosities. And if you don't believe me, go look up in the MechaTalk thread in the Mecha section, the violence geist, and tell me that that's not just hideously ugly and moronic. Yes. Damn, I have to look that up. Holy shit. You, you really don't want to. <laughs> so my eyes, are gonna, my eyes are going to melt out of my head like that dude on um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, huh? <laughs> if you were so lucky, I've actually looked at those things. They're not, yeah. Damn, damn. Well, I mean, the longer it takes for these, uh, the, the longer these shows have uh, have been on the shelf. Uh, I, 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 I don't think a, a, a sequel is going to be coming or follow up is going to be coming to these. And on top of that, I wouldn't want to see it unless the actual creative team behind those said shows came back to do it with you know renewed ideas. And maybe they would just be better off coming back and doing a brand new show if that was the case. And um, but uh, it's a nice thought. It's a nice thought, Shaz Noble. Appreciate it. Uh, next up, and uh, uh, this will probably be our last one, is uh, from Silver underscore August, the very person who uh, who, who brought me to speed <laughs> on my mistake. And uh, this time, he uh, first he responds to Shazenoble's uh, thing here where he says, Now that's the reason to go back and explore the cosmic era some more. Stargazers show that there's hope for that idea. Uh, he says, For me, though, I'll just hope for a new anime series that isn't a drawn-out OVA that finds a new way to tell a Gundam story that doesn't resort to recreating UC. Now, I don't want to see something as extreme as G Gundam again. That horse <laughs> that horse has had his time on on display. Could he mean uh, Foon Psyche? I'm just, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> um, Here's an idea that I hoped and dreamed to see. A Gundam series that explores AI and machines growing sentient. No. Oh. Uh, Wing and Wing had mobile dolls, but let's open up these robot tomes and explore the concepts of AI of AI in, in a world at war. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that actually. I wouldn't mind seeing that. The Neil's worst nightmares would come to life. <laughs> 
suits. And but, the, gets, but then, but then Gundam becomes about the suits. Yeah, and Gundam's always been more than just the mobile suits. That's true, and it, it, Gundam has always been a war, uh, a, a, usually a war between people, as opposed to man versus machine. So you kind of have to, uh, you, you, it, you, you would kind of be jumping the shark if you did that. But I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some element of that. This it's one of the story elements from uh, Gundam Wing I did like a lot. So, um, Chris, any thoughts? As much as I would like to see different things, mm-hmm. I mean, why are we kidding ourselves here? We know, and we'll. We'll complain about it every time it happens, as we should, but the whole point is to always recycle the UC tropes to hook in the kiddies. Yeah. They're not out to do original things. They're out to keep it the same as they can to lure people into UC. It's just the gateway drug. It's not meant to be something different than that. And I hate it every time they do it, but they're going to keep doing it. So let's not bother with this. Oh, let's do some radical crazy idea. That's not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> not going to happen. It hasn't happened in not 30 happen. years. It's not, it has not going to happen anymore. Even with crazy ideas like G and turn A, they're still gateway drugs of their own in a certain manner of speaking. So. And they kind of end up becoming Earth versus the colonies again anyway. So it's like, you know. Yeah, so even then, you can't be entirely free of that paradigm. Nice. Well, uh, what can you do? If anything, uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's probably the truest statement this segment. So <laughs> thank you very much, Silver August, for your submission and everybody who did submit to this. And um, that's the end of the Hopers and Dreamers Corner. I turn it back over to Neil. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> Chris, is there any old-timey drama ready for the old-timey drama hour? There, there actually is. Oh, All right, shit. got some submissions in. Let's do we, this. We got, we got two, which of course you can drop into the old-timey thread. The first one comes from the Foul Sorceress. So here we go. Join Mr. Mark Twain, aka Samuel Clemens, and Mr. Nikola Tesla, aka the Master Lightning, in a white knuckle thriller as they save the very world. Not recommended for the soft of the sissy, the weak at heart, or the dull of mind. The five fists of science: Twain, Tesla, America. You cannot spell action and adventure without T and T. <laughs> I want to see this. I want to see this after that. After that rendition, sure. And we have another one from Yokozuna Bulldozer, and this one goes: Introducing the LBX, the little battler experience full of wonderful, timeless fun. Just snap the core skeleton together, dress it up with your favorite armor frame, sync your CCM, and you're ready to rumble. Battle your friends, battle your rivals, maybe even save the world. With customization options endless and skills that pay the bills, this is one experience you won't want to miss out on. LBX, it's the little battle experience that could. Available at all hobby stores and toy stores near you in the somewhat distant future. <laughs> awesome. Still, my vote's still for the first one, though. Sure. There you go. Well, thank you, Chris. That's it for the old-timey drama hour. That's not an hour, but like about five minutes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, guys, and thank you, everyone, for your submissions. And uh, we'll be going to our first topic, the most awaited, the review of Mobile Suit Gundam Age, Memory of Eden. You're listening to Goddammit MHQ. Where 
podcasting is king. You are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. What do the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony? If you're a dude older than 12, <laughs> you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when I was a, when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying that like, My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Hey, this is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. to Gundam at MHQ, and we're going to get into our review of the OVA Gundam Age Memory of Eden. Mm -hmm. So I think it's safe to say that the ending of the TV show was pretty disappointing for most people, right? (laughs) Oh, just the ending? Well, more than just the ending, but definitely the ending. Yes, yes. I would have to agree, yes. So the natural follow-up for that would be, let's do an OVA that retells part of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings us to Memory of Age, a really, really strange kind of creature, especially in the history of Gundam compilations, where they at least try to tell you a story that maybe you could understand yeah. having seen the TV show, but usually doesn't work so well because of bad editing and trying to cram in too much crap into a couple of movies. Mm-hmm. But the approach of this OVA is almost entirely different. It's sort of like a smaller side story within the context of the TV series but definitely not separate from it, as in not standalone. So we start off with a very quick summary of the beginning of the war, totally gloss over Age 1, and we have a new opening sequence with a battle outside of a colony, and Wolf is there, and we see Zehart and Laurent Logan sneaking into Tordia, Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're doing the beginning story of Age 2 with uh, Asamu in high school with all of his buddies in the mobile suit club with the obvious difference that he and Romari are childhood friends now rather than strangers. 
Mm-hmm. And the same old, same old of the Vegans infiltrate the colony and Asamu uses the Age One to fight them off. And then he uh, meets Zehart and they become friends and he joins the Mobile Suit Club. But we get some differences here because they focus a lot more on the school time together with them going to fake beach for a trip, <laughs> hanging out more, becoming friends. They cut out some of the intermediate mobile suit battles like with Laurent Logan. Mm-hmm. And we have the school portion culminating in a very different fashion with um, Zehart running off to get into battle and Asamu using the Age 1 Sordia in a duel with the ZSR rather than the uh, inept coming to arrest Zehart. But the end result is still the same where Zehart says GTFO or I'll kill you. (laughs) And then from that point on, we have a very highly abbreviated version of the rest of the Age 2 arc we skip over the whole thing at that colony with uh, the vegan infiltrators we skip over the whole thing about the musel helmet and we skip over some of the stuff with um the madorna people mm-hmm. and basically it's just pared down to asamu feeling jealous that uh, he can't catch up to his dad and to zehart and feeling the sting of betrayal that came from zehart's defection and we got a couple of battle sequences here their first battle in the asteroid field where we see Zehart using the the Zedra and and going Shar Mm -hmm. and then it just pretty much jumps to the battle to stop Downus and that's where it ends completely skips over that one year time skip with the uh, white H2 and the corrupt evil president and all of that junk and that's the H2 part of things so why don't we get our thoughts from this before we move on to the second half? So, Sobro, what are your thoughts on the age two half of this special? Well, um, I, I thought it was finally cool to see uh, some of the stuff that you know was only represented in pictures in the TV show, like the the visit to Fake Beach. I remember they showed the pictures of a lot of their their side adventures that the TV show didn't have a lot of time for, um, as they were coming up in the high school in our high school era of the of the series, and uh, to kind of get to see. The three of those characters, um, uh, uh, of course, uh, Awesome, uh, Zehart, and uh, and Romari. You know how they had a pretty tight friendship and how it all came apart. It, it was a nice little study on 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 seeing how they bonded together and then how the tragedy of war just ripped them apart and reliving that in this. Um, one of the things that threw me off was a lot of the differences, especially. Um, I was hoping to see kind of like a redone um, moment of the. Remember the scene in the show where. Uh, Zahart was discovered at the graduation. Yeah. And there was a whole dramatic scene there. I was kind of hoping they would actually revisit that, but they didn't. They just decided to skip past that instead. That's a pretty dumb scene, so I'm glad that they cut that out entirely. <laughs> I like that Space Logan was there with the gun, man. He, <laughs> he came to save his boy, man. It was it was it was it was corny dramatics, but uh I I, I took a shine to that scene. I I guess I'm alone. But uh <laughs> but all the same, um the moment where um with the heart and uh and and awesome they they have their heart to heart when they find out that each other well Zahart already knew but when awesome finds out he's the pilot of um he's a pilot with the uh the vegans it's a pretty heart-wrenching scene especially after uh 
uh, you know, awesome. You know, after after he parts ways with them, and awesome has to to deal with that. Uh, you you, I I like that this first half is more focused on awesome. If anything, with little touches of of uh, Zahart here and there, but it has a focus on him. And uh, of course, the second half we'll get into that too, because uh, that has a, a a focus on the other character, of course. But um, yeah, I, 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 it was nice to revisit this, and I, it reminds me of how much I, I actually liked the show back then. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll pass the, I'll pass the mic back to you. All right, Neo, your thoughts on the age two portion? Um, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, like Soulbro, I actually did kind of get caught up with the school uh scenes and and seeing that and i actually was a little taken aback towards the end when it went into some of the battles and stuff because it 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 was just having me go back revisit something that i've already visited and just that wasn't as you know yeah it looks prettier and and stuff like that but um you know it it, i was just kind of just there i mean it was just like i said uh the the whole thing with like the tournament and some of the things going on and and kind of developing their uh, the Romari Asamu and and Z Hart's friendship makes it a little bit stronger. The fact that there felt there feels like there was so much betrayal later on in the show and then later on even in the OBA. So mm-hmm. you kind of get that. But um, yeah, I mean, I actually thought that was the the highlight of this episode. So um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I definitely think that by focusing more on the school stuff, showing us some new things there, cutting out some of the intermediate battles, it really does develop that friendship more so that you can feel that sting of betrayal much more deeply yeah. when it happens compared to the TV show where you know, they basically spend like one episode as friends and then it's like, oh, you betrayed me, my close friend. How could you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It feels more real here. Also, another thing that I noticed was that after that first battle is when Zehart enrolls in the school. So you really get the feeling here that he is specifically uh, in the school to observe Asamu, keep an eye on him. Yeah. Whereas the TV show just kind of gave you the impression that he was just there randomly as a spy and just happened to cross paths with Asamu and get reeled into his life. Mm-hmm. And, and it also showed what, and you might be speaking, and I don't mean to soul bro you, but it, I, I, I also get the feeling that you can see kind of the inner conflict with him a little bit more of like, yes, he actually enjoys school. He's actually yeah. enjoying hanging out with these people and doing all this stuff. Yeah. But yet he's we- got that, freaking maniac that he's following so <laughs> we we did have that in the in the tv show but it's a little bit more pronounced here that he he take he finds himself taken aback at getting used to this comfortable lifestyle and you know how he says that if things had been different we we could have still been friends all that sort of stuff so it does develop their friendship a bit more so that you really feel you know that hesitation on his end and also the anger on asamu's some other things. Uh, boy, if, if I didn't think Romari was already a pretty stupid character, <laughs> boy, is she definitely the stupidest now of, oh, I have to go save the pictures. Our oh, memories God. are burning oh, yeah. away. Uh, 
even though everything was on digital danger. copy. They, even Asimu yeah. was like, yeah, this is all on out. digital copy. So. Yeah. <laughs> God, she is so stupid. So freaking stupid. And this just makes her even dumber. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it also was cool to see the uh, the Sordia parts, which previously had appeared in the PSP game. So mm-hmm. that was a nice thing to have in full scale at animation and see Asimu use that to fight. So that was that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of strange editing choices in terms of the moments they chose to include, given how much they were cutting things down. For example, we see a scene before the Downus battle where Remy Roof tells Obright that she uh, accepts his marriage proposal. Yeah, but we didn't have the scene before that where he bubblingly proposes to her. And then we, after that, we have the scene where, you know, she gets all shot up and then sadly dies where he goes to rescue her. So what does that even matter to the story of this yeah. chopped down OVA that's almost entirely about Asimu and Zahart? You know, they could have easily cut out the scene of her accepting his proposal and the scene with her sadly dying with him there and yeah. use that minute or those two minutes maybe to show something else more important. Yeah, I I kind of felt the same way, and and there's there's parts of that even in the uh, the the next uh, section that's the same way. Where it's like, okay, this is all about Asimu and Zihart's relationship. Why are we devoting anything to these people outside of just being ancillary characters in you know the scene? You know, so and that one really stuck out because it was just that felt really out of place. It's like, yeah. We really care. Especially since, as we see in the age three part of this OVA, Obright plays hardly any role at all. So, and they don't even have that callback to to age two that was in the TV show. So, I didn't see any reason for including his relationship with her. Yeah, especially when, especially when um, you see the diva get destroyed, and he's, uh, of course, in the in the in the in the line of fire as well. And he makes a reference that you know he's going down, you know, pretty much with his home. And um, you know they, they, that callback, as you mentioned, is just not there. So yeah, what's the point? I mean, they could have they could have they could have done this whole thing and left that completely out of uh, out of out of the the, the main story, uh, being and, cut out so much. And let's be honest, does is he even a character that anybody really cares about? It's like, yeah, he was. I mean, even in the show, yeah, he really didn't play that big of a part, and he's just kind of. He had his yeah. moment to shine for I, I a like, grunt. I liked him. Yeah, he, 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 did, he, had, he had some dope scenes. Still, but. He, he, he was he was the old the old standby, the guy who always had the crappiest suit, but somehow managed to survive until the end. And he wasn't, Absolutely. you know, uh, a bumbling idiot like his age two co pilots. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. So, but he's still kind you know, of he's 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 the little grunt that could until he couldn't at the end. But even then, he took down two named. Uh, people in ace machines so that scores them some points in my book absolutely so moving on to the age three part the focus shifts entirely to the heart's point of view which is pretty unique for a gundam series because we never really see it from the antagonist perspective unless you're one of those people who uh, consider shin to be the villain of destiny but that's neither here nor there mm-hmm. so <laughs> We start off with the new scene. Oh, of did you him. mention Destiny? Sorry, paying attention. <laughs> we start off with a new scene where he's waking up from cryo sleep. It's been twenty-five years, and he's approached by Fram and Lael, who are his new assistants. And interestingly, she tells him right out of the gate that she's Dole's 
younger sister, and mm-hmm. she's going to be judging him to see if he was worthy of her brother's sacrifice, at which point Zehart tells her, well, if I'm not, then you can kill me. Yeah. Just sort of a reversal from the secrecy around her motives early on where she was telling herself that she would judge him and kill him if he was unworthy. Mm-hmm. So we start at the beginning of age three, and interestingly, they move up this whole thing of Zehart being haunted by the ghosts of the dead. So throughout the second half, we see him constantly being taunted by the ghosts of Desil, um, Dole, and Laurent Logan. <laughs> What's his name? Dax? Dax. Daz. 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 There you go. So it gets pretty weird sometimes. Like, you know, disembodied ghostly hands dragging him down into a floor of blood mm-hmm. and all sorts of weird stuff. And they're constantly, you know, questioning his decisions. Like, why does he keep sparing the Gundams even though he's had multiple opportunities to destroy them? You know, why... Can't he just do what he says? Why does he keep failing all the people who pledge their lives to him? Which, of course, is just representation of his own doubts. Absolutely. So we skip through at really, really fast speed the invasion of Oliver Notes, the not Jaburo, and fighting <laughs> the wannabes in space, and the return of Pirate Asamu, and then jump all the way to the battle for the moon, Yeah. but have Keo and Flit play almost no part, um, no understanding, no Giado Spriggan. <laughs> Man. All of that cut out pretty quickly, and then we jump to the final battle, although... It's not really the final, final battle because we completely remove all this junk about Sid and Megan Gear and Zara Gins and Easel Can't Die and all of that junk. So we go through that start of the final battle. We got some, some people dying. You know, we see some of the grunts die, but um, some of their other deaths are not shown because the supporting team in this third generation is almost non-existent. Keo and Flit are almost non-existent. And we just see, you know, the inevitable decline of Zehart's mental condition as things get worse and as he takes over for Ezelkant. And the biggest change here is when he, you know, launches his gambit to destroy the Gundams and it fails. In the TV show, he becomes basically a babbling fool, launches in the Legolas and gets curb stomped by Asimu in about 30 seconds. <laughs> this time... That's not happening. No. Uh, first of all, the Legolas has been painted in his uh, red color scheme. I thought it was imagining things when I when I when I was watching this. It's like I don't remember it being red in the was original, it? and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It's like yeah, it was it was, it was the t- typical Gundam colors. Yes. So he's not uh, a babbling, psychotic, desperate fool. We actually see him doing stuff like taking down enemy mobile suits and battleships, and actually accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. And they completely redid his fight with Asamu and instead of taking place in say like 30 seconds we're looking at maybe I don't know 3 or 4 minutes worth of things and yes even though he still loses badly he actually gives Asamu you know a fight now and we see him doing stuff like uh, smashing up Asamu's um, shot lancer thing uh, at one point he slams up against a battleship and tries to rip open his cockpit and Asamu has to use the uh, the blinder flasher to get away so it's actually a much better fight and 
you got some good background music that gives it that appropriate feeling. And this is the battle we should have gotten, but couldn't because the storyline was so rushed and they wasted so much time on completely unimportant characters like, say, Gerardo Spriggan. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the interesting part, aside from that, is his death scene, which they've completely expanded upon. And this also takes about an extra three or four minutes compared to the TV show. And that is a completely new conversation between him and Asamu where he gives completely different motives for why he did everything that he did. Mm-hmm. And it actually sort of makes sense for him now. So in essence, what we have is that because he feels the weight of all of his dead comrades upon him, he feels that he has to um, keep fighting so that their deaths weren't in vain and he has to carry out their wishes, even though the future he's fighting for is not the future that Ezelkant wants. Yeah. And he does this even though Asmu points out, you know, you're you know, you're binding yourself to the wishes of the dead people, which means killing even more people. How does that make any sense? But you know that that's the way that people think. If you look at, you know, wars that become quagmires like say Vietnam, where the idea is sort of like we've lost so many people that to make their sacrifices not be meaningless. We can't just stop fighting. We have to fight more and lose even more people. Yeah. It, it, so it's not surprising that uh, Zehart falls into this trap. And, you know, in the end, it sort of wraps around that even though he wasted, you know, his life with this obsession of carrying out the wishes of the dead, and despite everything that happened between the two of them, Asamu still considers him a friend and says, hey, you know, all those times that we had together good and bad, they won't disappear. They'll always have high school. Yes. <laughs> and then at that point, uh, Zehart uh, happily dies and the war ends. So, Neo, your thoughts on the age three portion of this OVA? Um, this was the mess. It was just all over the place. Um, yes, the battle, final battle between Asamu and Seahart was a great battle, but there was just a lot of stuff going on. Um, I hadn't seen H since it premiered, um, and you know, I and which wasn't too too long ago, and I was still a little lost. Um, just a lot going on. It was interesting to see um, Seahart be a little. Uh, you, you almost kind of pity him because he's carrying all this burden of all these people. But then, you know, it's like, once again, he says kind of stupid things. It's like, well, I've been, you know, you've been fighting for this madman, this maniac, and you find out that, uh, you know, what he was saying, he was misleading people to begin with. But then you're still fighting because uh, if you don't, that would dishonor the people that died for this man's cause. It's like, but they died cheaply anyways. They still... They still, they were, they, you know, they followed a man who was, who was willingly lying to them. Granted, they didn't know, but I, I just couldn't, I, I can't fathom that reasoning where it was like, you know, oh, I got to keep fighting because it dishonors all the people that died in his name, even though I knew what he was doing was right, wrong, and he was just. Well, it's know. sort of, it's, it's just, he just feels colossal guilt over their yeah. deaths. So he's built up this idea. You know, he just has massive layer upon layer upon layer of guilt that he has to keep carrying on in their name, even though it's all for nothing because 
what they fought for and what he fought for is not what their glorious leader wanted, but he's got so much blood on his hands that he feels he can't turn back because to do so would waste all of their sacrifices. So no, you know, I, I can I, sort of see how – I mean it makes no – it's not supposed to make any logical sense, yeah. but you know, it's that survivor's guilt that he feels over I understand that. Yeah. being and, 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 the one who's left behind. But but you, I mean, but then again, it's like I don't know. I'm just kind of looking at this, and I'm like, okay, I understand the survivor's guilt, but yet all these other people are dying in front of you right now, and there's deaths you probably can prevent during this battle if you were just smart. You know, it's it's I don't know, it, and and I know it's because he's a weak. You know, he he has weak personality when it comes to certain things, and he's also you know, not a br- very good uh, battle commander. But yeah, he just keeps <laughs> failing upward because yeah. he's Kant's special boy. I mean, he's a good pilot, but he's just an awful commander. Yeah, I mean, it it it, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, that and that's obvious throughout this whole thing. Uh, Flit not being there, I mean, he was just like a speck. I think you see him maybe what three or four times, and I can't really remember him saying anything. Of I don't even know if he does say anything at this point because he's old man Flit. I know he's, he only, the only time you basically see him is on the bridge. He, he's on the bridge of the diva when he realizes that the uh, vegans are going to shoot yeah. the fleet. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, shows up in the, after that, yeah. And the age, he shows up in his age, um, as yeah. gun age Gundam as well. Yeah. So, um, and that's towards the very end of the conflict. So, and you know, that, that was, that was nice to see. Cause you, you see, you see like a 65 year old man in like a 50 year old mobile suit still, kind of getting them some oh yeah and the uh, but the greatest part about this very little keto like <laughs> no no keto. um that's I mean, why little bastard I, says barely more than five words which is such a blessing that's yeah. why i can't really i that's why i was able to en- enjoy this a little bit i mean granted it was a breakneck speed and i was still having issues with some stuff but the fact of that he was just such a ridiculous character and his motivations and his thinking and everything like that. And I didn't have to deal with him, um, made the dread that I felt before watching this, uh, go away. I mean, I, I honestly, I honestly dreaded watching the second half of this OVA. I was like, Oh crap. Cause you, you, you see him coming. You're like, cause they show in the coming attractions. You see something of Keo, you see a quick shot of him. You're like, Oh crap. no, and um but yeah but um well that that's it for this because i'm sure you want to talk about the totality of of uh, everything so but um yeah that's it that's it for me all right um, so bro um yeah uh i this this uh this second half kind of felt like one part uh turn a gundam movie one whereas like so much stuff just crammed in <laughs> but the last part of this felt like uh Gundam Seed Destiny Final Plus, where you had all these fights extended, especially the fight between Zahart and um and Awesome. And um and and, and to finally see them fight toe to toe and not uh, awesome hand uh Zahart his ass was uh was a nice was a nice uh uh revisioning of that in fight. I I love the the just the level of animation that's in that fight alone is is well worth the price of admission. Uh especially since they hash out their differences at the end of the at out of at, at the end of the conflict and um have that moment, man. It's it's pretty touching when Awesome tells him that uh tells Zahart that, you know, you're still my boy. 
<laughs> the bromance comes full circle in this uh in this in this OVA here. And uh I, I, I like the fact that these two got to talk it out uh towards the end as opposed to uh the T V series being short on time. One of the things I liked about this arc, I know it's uh it was a rough arc to watch in the T V show, but I, I really enjoyed that the OVA expanded upon it is the the moments that uh Zahart was going through his his Hamlet debacle where he was seeing the ghost of his uh his former his former uh subordinates, especially his brother. His brother was the biggest instigator out of everybody. <laughs> Dessel, I, I, he uh, he seemed to be uh, more effective in death than he was in life, <laughs> especially as uh, his brother's uh, antagonist uh, in the afterlife. So um, I, I like the moments that they shared in those moments. But yeah, the, I thought I thought um, for what they had to cut out, I I, th- I thought it worked. Um, they did skip a lot of things, and we didn't even get to see. Uh, Sarek Albus in in this they they completely removed him from any scenes in this the uh the the homes of the battlefield man we didn't see, I don't did you guys see him in this he showed all? up but we didn't, I don't even think we saw him die holy shit yeah it's like I was looking for him and I must have I must have blinked because <laughs> yeah I don't think you see him I saw some of the scrubs and I know he, he goes out in a like he goes out in the TV show in a long extended scene so I know they yeah, didn't have time all, to show that's it all cut. I mean yeah the, there's no reason for it to be there but I thought we'd at least get a glimpse of him and we didn't well we did but I, I missed it so uh, shout outs to me. <laughs> but it's, but yeah uh, i i i the, what really makes this worth it is that um all the investment that they took in the first half of the ova where um they show zahart and uh awesome getting getting to know each other uh at high school and and sharing all that time in the robot uh club uh you know and 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 building that bond uh you know comes to fruition after all these years where they end up being enemies and having to fight each other and and hate each other and wonder what their uh each other's motives are and question each other's uh loyalties and all of that and then they have that that heart to heart towards the end it 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 makes that relationship between those those two characters really worthwhile in the show and it makes me really sad that the TV show didn't get the chance to to do this and 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 all the other chances it squandered too um i i wish they I wish it was a concept that they thought out better, and um, this OVA kind of gives you a little glimpse of that in some parts. So uh, that's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. So overall, I think one thing this OVA does is it sort of highlights even more how Age 2 got the short end of the yes, stick. Yes, absolutely. Amongst all of the arcs. So it kind of does fix a little bit of that, some of the thematic elements of it. Mm-hmm. And with the uh, second half here, like I mentioned before, it's interesting how we see it from Zehart's perspective entirely and how it develops much earlier on his slow descent into madness. Mm-hmm. But it just goes through some kind of important elements way too damn fast. I mean, <laughs> sort of like blinking, you miss it of almost 10 episodes right after uh, Zehart wakes up. And then it's like, oh, hey, we're at the moon. And oh, hey, now we're at the final battle. <laughs> Not that I mind seeing less Keo because he's such an idiot and mm-hmm. we only see him there, you know, shooting a couple of people, which they kind of made look more ambiguous. Some of those uh, fights of his. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't see him babbling anything about understanding or, um, you know, vegan poverty girls or Gerard Spriggan or any of that stuff. So yeah. thank goodness for that. The most we get is a, a scene between him and uh, Awesome, where Awesome says, "I know you, you, you want to fight your way, uh, so you Which go ahead and you do that." Which is about ten seconds of them mm-hmm. uh, in the battlefield. So pretty much, thank, I'm glad to see less of him. We do, of course, also <laughs> see even less of Flit, and he's not all genocide-y. Mm-hmm. And of course, we don't see 
the real end of the series, which uh, is a bunch of junk anyway, that 49th episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. So ending it with Zahart's death is actually the better choice. Yeah. Um, some stuff that does not make also questionable editing. At the very end, we see a couple of gravestones, including one for Lou and Dean. Yeah. Well, and you say to yourself, why is this even in here when they weren't even in the OVA? I thought the same thing because when you get done watching the OVA, the it's on there for a while. Like that scene's on there for a while before it shuts the player off. And yeah. you're like... Why? Okay, and because it gives you enough time to read it, and I felt the same thing. I was like, "Really? What is going on here?" Like, I, 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 I don't remember I, hearing. I don't remember seeing Dean. <laughs> no, no, I, I, it may not be. It, of course, they weren't in the OVA, but I think the the reason why there was a grave erected for them mm-hmm. is because Keo knew them. So, as his but dad it, erected a grave for Z, uh, as for uh, Zahart, he erected a grave no for them. But it makes no sense in the context of the OVA oh, because no, you no, never even see. It's like. Who the hell are these people? Who well, here's the bigger question. How, did, how the hell did any of them know Fram? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like none of them really met Fram except for maybe Keo in a new type moment. And that was it. Like Fram was completely on the opposite side. So how would he even know to add her name to the headstone? Period. So um, that's, that's another thing that I saw I there. Mean, on- he, he fought her a couple of times. Yeah, I, yeah I, I do remember. That's right. Uh, awesome did fight her a couple of times. That's right. No, Keo fought her a couple of times. Yeah, Keo did yeah. too, but Awesome Aw- 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 did kick her a couple of times too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't get any of that stuff. But yeah. it, it definitely moves through a clip just way too fast for some of these things, even when some of these and some of these cuts are beneficial, like the whole Mars arc and you know most of the moon stuff with Gerard Spring in and all of Keo's peace junk and these BS ending. But it's just a little too clippy to function effectively as a standalone story. And one thing that I come away from watching this is that even as it fixes some of the messed up stuff, like that last fight between Asamu and Zihart, mm-hmm. it just reemphasizes the broader failures of the TV show. Yeah, right. Because if anything, this OVA really proves that the third generation was completely unnecessary and was just way too much material to cram into 49 episodes. And I go by it again, what I said earlier, this show really should have just been the first two generations because the most compelling story out of this series is Asimu's story because he's got these dual flawed motivations of rage at the betrayal by his friend and jealousy over his friend and his dad's special powers that he lacks himself yeah yeah because i i always thought that was good too because i mean here is i mean it's like his dad was the michael jordan of you know mobile suit (laughs) i mean everyone knew him and yet you know it's like how can you ever live up to that and you can tell that flit's not having him do that he just wants him to you know, protect himself and what he feels important. But yeah, I always felt like he was the more important, the the more interesting one, because then you have his son who's just completely misguided and, you know, just a complete mess. And yeah, yeah. that's, that's the more interesting story. So I, I really think age should have been just the two generations Mm -hmm. balance out the episode count. And I would have really liked to have seen in the show, as a side note, what uh, fans have dubbed the Generation 1.5, which is the missions from the PSP game where you see Flit in his early 20s still fighting the Vagan and developing new wear parts for the H1 yeah. would have been a better transition than just the you know really rough 
you know, age one to age two, one episode to the next. So if they'd done that and then just had everything, you know, work out in two generations, I think we would have had a much better show. But alas, we do not. Yeah. So going uh, around the table to wrap things up, our ratings. Sobro, what do you give this out of five whatever? I would, uh, I'd, I'd give this three burning pitchers out oh. of five. Oh, you stole mine. <laughs> did I? Yes, you Sorry. did. Oh, oh no. Well. Damn it. That, that's mine. All right. Neo, your rating? Uh, I give this one and a half uh, unnecessary old bright romance scenes out of five. <laughs> really? That low, huh? Yeah, it's the second half that just kills it. Damn. Yeah, I mean... Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm like two and a half with part one, but mm-hmm. part two, even with the extended battle scene with Z Heart and Asamu and stuff, there's just so much of that stuff up, you know, so much of the choppiness. And I mean, I'll be honest with you. Really, what I'd rather seen is maybe something where they maybe they maybe it's just like an hour long or something like that where they think about you know each of them are in uh the final fight uh, their final battle against each other and they they think back to high school and then they fight and then something like that kind of like maybe like that um that gundam evolve thing from years ago where armo is sitting in the gundam waiting to take off and he thinks back of all the things and he's about to launch i think about baoku and like he's thinking about all the things that have gone through Something like that, maybe on the because it just it doesn't work as a compilation on this, and it just I I based it on the fact of I was I was struggling to get through an hour and ten minute sequence yeah. uh, with it. So it yeah, it's pretty bad, man. I mean, I'm looking at it as a totality. Like I said, if I'm if I'm just looking at seeing if I'm just doing uh, the first half. Yeah. Then I'm thinking pretty high. I, 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 I'm pretty good with that. But the second half, even with the redone battle, just is kind of dumb. I, I will add that I think they wasted a great opportunity, and that would be that would have been to uh, show Awesome's uh, uh, experience in full with him being in the uh, the Space Pirates and how that came to be. I know they glossed over it in the TV show, and I know there's a, an, a manga that delves into it more. But to have at least one or two scenes with that animated would have been nice. Even though I know the second half, the H three portion, focuses on Zahart, so there really been one, would have been no place for it. But I would have loved to have seen that get added somewhere. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. For what it was to sell new newer kits or uh-huh. updates on some kits, it fulfills its purpose. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's getting like a four on that. But um, <laughs> you know, it it they weren't given it enough to be like a compilation. Usually, I mean for. Uh, you know, for for the most part, a lot of these things at least get um, you know two movies to try to do a compilation in, and this has got as much total time as maybe an extended movie because I think it's like the first the first section's about an hour ten minutes or so, and the next one's about an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty. So it's just yeah. So yeah, one and a half. <laughs> Dang. All right. So due to the choppy editing and the fact that you really can't watch this at all as a standalone piece mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to give it three low rent logans out of five nice wow, that's pretty high i thought you'd be a little <laughs> bit lower uh, i guess i'll I, uh send all hate mail to uh, me 
I stopped feeling it, man. Sorry. Send it to his Twitter. He never, he never checks it anyway. <laughs> so with that, hopefully this will be the last time we ever talk about Gundam Age in an extended fashion. Nope. That that's funny. You you give this a pretty decent rating, but then you're like, I hope this is. I never got to deal with Gundam Age ever. <laughs> it's <just> hey, <laughs> stop polishing turds. <laughs> Even if this little part of it is is decent and fixes some problems, it's still mm-hmm. part of a much larger turd. So there you yeah, go. I'm just saying. We'll pass the minwax. <laughs> much 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 larger pig, right? Lot, exactly. Lots of lots of not lipstick, enough lipstick for this pig. Yeah. So with that, we will wrap up this segment and be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Morpher gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You can't fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at SecondOpinionGames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by SecondOpinionGames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Don't talk down to me like I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal... That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a damn about your personal life. Start talking.
All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is uh, the second segment of episode 130, and we haven't done this in a while. I can't remember. Maybe Solber remembers the last time we did a listener-submitted topic. I really can't remember. I know it was quite a few episodes ago. So, Turn of uh, the century? <laughs> no, no. Maybe the turn of the year? Possibly. It, it, yeah. it's, it's been a good stretch of ups. I know Chris usually blocks us out with alcohol, so he probably doesn't know. Sweet. But, uh, I don't, our, oh, don't care. <laughs> Where's the detonator? Chemical all amnesia. About, all you care about is that detonator. Um, <laughs> and where the drugs are going. Yeah, where are they going? <laughs> but yes, we got a uh, listener-submitted topic, and this is from Poster Saber. And uh, his topic is this. This is kind of appropriate considering um, we had to go through uh, Memory of Eden. Uh, having realist, uh, this is Saber, having realisted to your episode reviews of Gundam Age in the last two days, mm-hmm. parentheses, yeah, I am that crazy. And he actually, this is actually recent because he posted this August 6th of 2013. So about, about two, three weeks ago. Piping hot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was reminded of one of the biggest flaws of the show, which is obviously is which is the obviously unabashed waste of female characters, sidelining them as blind love enforcement tools, cheerleaders, death motivators, etc. Mm-hmm. Although Age is not the first show to have done this, so though I haven't seen other series that do it in such a way, he says in parentheses there. I would be interested in a discussion of the Gundam crew regarding female characters in Gundam and possibly other mecha shows illustrating good and horrendously bad usage of them as part of the story, as well as what the hosts think would be a good way to portray female characters in such series. Wow, so that's Mr. Saber's thing. And before we begin, uh, Solbro, it's mm-hmm. an Emma Free. Emma Free? What? Emma Free. So you're going to have to think was, of other... Is this hard, hard mode for Solbro? Oh, you yes. Ass, you ass. Because <laughs> I, I just knew it was going to be... Well, Oh my oh. girl and machine. Boo. Yeah. Well, you, you, boo. You know, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll lay this. I'll lay this down just, just to uh, feel, not feel put it, the burden entirely on Solbro. Okay. Uh, for me, this one will be Haman and Diana Free. I was about to okay. say because if you if you if you lay down Haman, it's like, well, what about Diana? <laughs> so there Damn. you go. Uh, I'll, bo- I'll sacrifice alongside you. Man, both your hands are tied. Damn. And you son. know what? I'll, I'll sacrifice Haman and I'll sacrifice Sela. Oh, I, okay. I, won't, I won't do either, either one of those either. Okay. All right. right. So, Solbro, Emma, Chris, no Diana, or um, Haman, myself, no Haman, and no Sela. So, Solbro, mm-hmm. going to put the pressure on you there, son. First oh. one out the gate. Oh, my God. I'm uh, always uh, first one out the gate. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, first are, one through the door gets shot. Some, illustrating some good or hor- horrendously bad usage. Some uh, you know minor, major female characters in Gundam, or some other mecha shows. Doesn't exactly have to be Gundam. So, well, since we're on the subject of age, I feel like challenging myself. There's one character in age that I thought was okay as a female character, and that would be Mal- I think you pronounce her name Malaise. Malaise Aloy. She was the uh, in the first generation. She started out as one of the bridge bunnies, and then um, in the second generation, she was captain of the Diva. Um, I thought she was uh, okay. I mean, granted, she's not as strong as maybe a, a Sumeragi. Uh, she don't got Sumeragi's drinking problem, but uh, she was, I'd say, the the least uh, <laughs> the least bad of uh, female characters in age. And I, I thought she did her job well, although um, she had old Flit um, being the backseat driver on, on her watch, so that was not always that great. But uh, <laughs> she was cool. Um, 
but yeah um what type of, what 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 character type did she exhibit to you that stood out um she was kind of like the big sister in series one and she's more like she's kind of a mother figure on board the ship and the leader type of course uh in, in series two so um for for age so and i broke down some of the character types like you have um in some shows you have the mother characters and you have the big and little sister characters the leader the shrew the harpy the irredeemable villainess the warrior, the sexy girl, and the manic pixie, which there's plenty of in Gundam series. <laughs> um, like one of the uh, manic pixies that you could come across that, that, that I know Neo doesn't care too much for. But um, we'll go with the original manic pixie, which is uh, Lala Soon. Um, I want to bring her up because I know Neo has a big, a big chip on his shoulder when it comes to her character. And uh, I always thought she was cool. A her, manipulative her, bitch. There you go. There you go. That's the spirit. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The, the the OG of Gundam is manipulative bitches. So and she was she acted as a catalyst to Amaro's development and for Shar's uh, and driving Char's, the, those poor bastards crazy all the way into Shar's counterattack. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is a character that will hunt these two men to the to the tears of time. And uh, oh. and <laughs> and I, I wanted to know: is she just a device? To to make these guys, uh, you know, the men that they are, or did she serve a greater purpose? Um, what, what were you guys' thoughts on Lala soon? I mean, I, it's because some people think that she's just a device, and I, I don't think that at all. I think, you know, she was an interesting character that, you know, had a very short life. But, uh, you know, she was a, 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 still a mysterious character all throughout the other two series. And and I I, 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 I like the, her, her character type, and I don't think they've ever... Um, made a character like her since they've tried, but they haven't really been that successful. Well, I don't think she's a, a device because you know, for all of the people that were already in his life, mm-hmm. she, a complete stranger, is the first person to completely break Amaro out of his shell. Yeah, and even without all of the later stuff that happens, like her death and his rivalry with Shar over that, that's a pretty important thing for his character. And the sort of star-crossed nature that um, she met him too late, but he met her too early. Yeah. Yeah, and also the other thing is it, it, it bridges the whole thing about, it helps kind of explain the new type situation where, you know, you feel people getting close because of, you know, physical nature between a man and a woman. But mm-hmm. then you see it in this situation where, they feel like they know each other and they're very close, but it's because of their abilities and, you know, it's, it's kind of an overwhelming thing. And like Chris said, she met him too late and he met her too early. So it's just, um, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think she's a device at all. I mean, she's, she's a brief character, but she's very influential in the development of both of those, uh, both of those guys. I mean, this is the one person that Char really you could tell he cared for outside of his sister mm-hmm. and that he he was she was like the one zeon person that he wasn't trying to play just to get uh his revenge on the zombies and stuff like that so um you know yeah i, I don't i don't agree with that either so not bad not bad i think the opposite end of the spectrum for that kind of character was probably uh stella in oh. gundam Seed destiny yeah uh, that's that's how you do it wrong 
which that show did a lot of. And uh, yeah, when it when it comes to uh, the manic pixie character, she was pretty manic and and pretty 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 stupid and 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 pretty insane. And I don't think she did any women justice in in most mech shows by being the way she was depicted. Um, I I think I think her counterpart is Flay in the original seed, but Flay was a much better character. She was much yeah. better, and I, I love interestingly the both voiced by the same actress in the Japanese yeah, version. Exactly, and don't and we as well as that same actress voiced uh, Badger's voice too. Yep, yep exactly. Um, who's an awesome character, and I'm sure we'll get to her. But uh, Flay, I thought was much better, much better. Uh, is that um, in that context? Yeah. In that context, yeah, she was, she was, she was much better conceived, and uh, boy, did she conceive. <laughs> But uh, as for Stella, yeah, uh, I I did not like the execution of that at all, and um, yeah, that's how you do it wrong. But I'll, I'll, I'm sure we'll be tossing around names and whatnot. I'll, I'll pass the mic back to you, Neil. Chris, your thoughts, women, good or bad, doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever comes to comes to your mind first. What's okay? Um, uh, good, uh, a machine. Oh boy! Oh, no. <laughs> oh that would have no. been hilarious. Now we're talking. <laughs> No, but you can't I'm, answer I'm just, to that. Soul I'm just, bro. I'm just trolling you, soul bro. Damn it! <laughs> no, I'm gonna start with bad, and I think we knew I'm gonna start with with bad here. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we should have put that. Oh her, yeah. Oh yes. Her, her her name rhymes with uh, Phoenix Purpleton. Oh, I, I, that's uh, why I left her on the table for you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what what more can be said about Nina Purpleton that I haven't already said before? Mm-hmm. Other than you know she is. Um, Bitchy, jealous, manipulative, manipulative, just every sort of bad thing that you would not want to encounter in a human being, period. Not even a woman. Wow. (laughs) And just a mess of a character, not very compelling, and don't see why anyone could ever fall for her. Well, I mean, her Especially after you get shot by her. Wow. Yeah, her writing was mad uneven. Like the first part of the series, she was tolerable, but when you got when you brought no, in that angle, she was never tolerable. You because don't think she so? was she was like totally uh, schizo, where sometimes she'd be nice to Ko, and then you yeah. just flip a switch, and she's this horrible fire breathing dragon. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, she, she became like she became nuclear when the whole Gato storyline kicked into place, where she had a relationship with him, and that shit came out of nowhere, and. You know, the, the, but even before much. that, the whole the whole yeah. scene where um, he's fumbling and trying to ask her out to the movies because yeah. he's got the tickets that she sees in his pockets, and he's like, uh, but "They're the problem with the, the the Gundam," and she's like, "Oh yeah, well, blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah," and then she turns yeah. into a bitch. It's like, yeah. oh, she's a horrible person. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Does she have any counterparts like on the good end of the spectrum in any of the Gundam series that you've seen? Ironically, her, uh, I would say, uh, uh, but um, the mechanic under her, uh, the, the big girl. I forget her name. Because she Mora. was kind of, what was it? Mora. Mora. Yes. Yeah, she was a lot more even keeled. She was kind of like always like, oh, sorry about that. She's just a bitch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she got kind of the big picture, yeah. I mean... I'll throw out a good one who's not not a counterpart to mm-hmm. Nina, but a good female character and definitely underrated, and that's uh, Marbet Fingerhat from Victory. Yeah. yeah. And her space baby. Because... <laughs> You know, she she is a compassionate person, and one of the things that you see from her that's pretty rare in all these Gundam shows where you have all these teenagers running around in Gundams and mobile suits is 
she consistently feels this guilt about, you know, hey, we need these kids to fight because they have these, you know, this Uso's got this new type power. Yeah. But but how pathetic are we that we need a kid to fight for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really felt the pain of having this. She really felt bad about it instead of just kind of verbalizing it like a lot of these people do. Like, oh, feel bad that you kids are out there. Go out there and fight. She would yeah. be like, you know. And given all of the things they, that they went through, she kind of became a surrogate mother for mm-hmm. Uso and all of the other kids, especially after his own mother died in that horrible way. So, you know, she, she never saw him as just a tool to be used. You know, mm-hmm. she always saw Uso and the other kids for what they were, and, but also had to realize, like, you know, for as bad as I feel about sending these kids out to fight, we need these damn kids to fight. Yeah. And she didn't hold any grudges because she married an idiot that uh, <laughs> that, that if you're gonna if you're gonna commit suicide, make it count. Ram ram the bridge, not the tire. Nice. <laughs> His death was brought Oliver. to you by Goodyear. <laughs> Pretty much. Vulcanized. Space Goodyear. All right. Anything else, Chris? Uh no, not now. Okay. We all know where I'm going on this. Go ahead. Bad. The original besmircher of the Red Zaku. Oh, no. Freaking Luna Maria Hawk. Woo! Oh, my God. Not only is she just a stupid character that's just love struck with everybody, right. which, but then you have to put, she's one of the elites. Mm-hmm. She's one of the elite pilots of Zaft. It's like, I know they just had a war two years earlier, but my God, really? And well, uh, the thing about that is, and, and, yeah. I, I, know I know what it's, you mean, but it's it, kind of the, the red. Yeah. The red jackets are just like you did cool in school, but this doesn't necessarily mean that you have any yeah. real world skills at all. But we'll yeah, treat you special. It's sort of like the high school football team jacket. Yeah, or nice. Yeah, exactly. That, Hon- that varsity Hon- jacket. Honors classes in high school don't don't mean that much. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, there's still the impression that you know, but still. Um, you know, just a bad character, always, always getting, uh, having to get bailed out on the on the battlefield. Uh, was so bad that she even needed Shin's uh, transformation uh, scenes because she couldn't do it right herself. Well, she, so. she needed all of his stock footage, <laughs> stock footage, and everything. <laughs> and I mean, my God, all she just ended up being was just love struck. I mean, for somebody that's supposed to be a a fighter jock or a, you know a mobile suit pilot really did not have the eye on the game you know it's like oh there's atherin he's so dreamy or alex dino whatever the hell he was at the beginning and And the big contribution for her character so far in the destiny hd extra pansu shots yeah exactly nice (laughs) because that's all we that's all we came for that or or Mir Campbell's see through ninety with nipples, so that, that's a big big important change into you know terms of improving the story, right, guys? Well, I just put my pre order down. <laughs> well, did, the, uh, did that? Uh, well, I don't think they're that far enough in advance. I was about to say if it was in the uh, the exclusive Mir Campbell uh, episode, right? You know what? Two two three episodes before the final battle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're they're only in the they're only in the early twenties where yeah. Heine's about to die. So oh shit, won't be there for a while. That that's uh, a sad sad episode. <laughs> and on the flip side, you know, I somebody that always kind of stands out for me is somebody from 
uh, 08th MS team is uh, Karen. Oh, yeah, Karen Johnson. Because she was a very capable uh, mobile suit pilot. I mean, she wasn't the greatest, but she yeah. could hold her own. Plus, she had skills as being a medic and stuff. And then you had kind of that uh, whole situation that kind of makes sense in war wartime where, you know, what was it? Her uh, boyfriend or husband, I can't remember what, what he was, her fiance or something, got killed in the war. And I guess she just joined up because of that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, a real world thing. And, you know, she was attractive and stuff, but, you know, she was still kind of respected by everybody for her abilities outside of, you know, being just a chick with a bunch of guys and, and, and attractive and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, it, they're, they're kind of polar opposites of each other. And I mean, shit, she did it in just a normal G, uh, GM or, um, you know, kind of souped up a little bit, but, you know, still not didn't end up with a Gundam or anything like that. So I think she, she was the one though that ended up with the Gundam head, though, right? Yes. GM head. GM, GM head, head. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, so that would be mine, Chris. Uh, go back to you. Any any others, uh, good or bad, or both, or however you want to do it. I'm gonna switch off from Gundam and throw out the entire female cast of Pat Labor. Oh, particularly Noah, Kanuka, uh, Kumagami, and uh, Shinobu. Yeah. Especially Shinobu. Absolutely. So you look at these characters, and you know, say Noah, she's the cute little labor fiend and everyone dismisses her because she's a cute little tomboy and she shows that she has skills constantly mm -hmm. and she will beat down anyone or anything who dares to touch her presence pre uh, precious alphonse and uh, she has a dedication to get that job done yep. you know or you look at someone like uh, shinobu who has to deal with um, all sorts of things like incompetent superiors, um, inferior resources pretty much the entire series until the very end, mm -hmm. and has to you know, get involved with all of Goto's crazy schemes and <laughs> figure out some way to come out on top without getting fired. Yeah. Another day at the office. <laughs> yes. And uh, Kanoka, you know, you don't, don't mess with Kanoka because she will... Uh, she will mess you up. And she gets one of the uh, my favorite lines in mecha anime in mm -hmm. Pat Labor, the first movie, when she's flying into Japan and says at customs and someone asks her, like, oh, are you here for business or pleasure? She's like, combat. Combat. <laughs> uh, that's not on the customs form. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that was pre-9-11. Yes. <laughs> well, you can pull that shit off. Yeah. <laughs> Put the damn put the damn uh, airport on lockdown as she said that. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally Kumagami, I mean, basically she's a Kanoka Mark II. She's smart. She's hot. She's capable except for when it comes to ghosts and creepy things. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, uh, four women who don't take shit from anyone and who are all capable of doing their jobs. A rarity in anime. Yeah. Now, now for those who don't know, um, uh, there's a there's a, a long running uh, test that's out there called the uh, the Bechdel test, and um, basically, uh, I was wondering if you haven't if you don't know uh, about it, you can look it up on Wikipedia at B E C H D E L. Um, basically, the rule is uh, an unnamed female character says that she only uh, watches a movie if it satisfies the following requirements: it at least has uh, two women in it who talk to each other. 
about something but about something besides a man and i was wondering if any of those women from pat labor passed that test i, I think that at least some of them do oh absolutely yeah noah most definitely and i, no, I they believe all, Shinobu. all four of them passed that test oh shoot yeah they, they actually do and i think they're probably some of the few lead females or females in any mecha anime that do i can't even say that about a lot of the females in gundam at all that passed no. that test uh, even yeah. even uh, a one a, a character who I, I hold a high standard to, and I know Chris does too, Mako Mori in uh, Pacific Rim, she she doesn't quite pass that test. Although she's one of the best uh, female lead characters in anything mecha related in a long time to come along. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I I was I was trying to I was racking my brain trying to figure out if there's a characters outside of Pat Labor that passed that test, and I can't think of much. Chris, any anything else? What uh, terrible. <laughs> if you want or are are you good or i mean i'm i'm good for now i can't think of anything terrible okay. offhand but uh come yeah, on you don't you don't have awesome. to do yeah you don't have to do one or the other so i was just wondering uh if you were good uh soul bro well uh, i i'm tr- I, I i brought that up because i'm i, I i'm thinking of a lot, a lot of the strong female characters that have shown up in uh different gundam series um, I know one of them is uh, I, I'll bring up one of Neo's since he can't bring it up. Sailor Mass. Why would you bring her up if I can't speak about her? That's well, the whole. That's the whole oh, idea okay. of none of us speaking because it just it doesn't all make right, any right. sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I will pass yeah. over it then. Well, how about Kasuya? She uh, is yeah, is, Kasuya, is a yeah. whole different ball of wax. I know we can't talk about Haman, but we can definitely talk about her predecessor. <laughs> and Kasuya, she she had her agendas, and um, she was a very clear thinking uh, woman, and um, she she had her idea of as to what um, she wanted the outcome of the war to be and her role in it. And she was able to manipulate people, and and not only um, her own soldiers, but um, but also uh, uh, her own family in some way, shape, in some ways as well. And I admire her character a lot. Um, I, I think more so in the book than in the TV show. But I, I I've always liked her character, and um, even though she's on the uh, the antagonist side, I I thought better of her than most of the other Zeon characters, to be honest with you. Well, she called Char out on his shenanigans. She did. Even in the movie and the TV show, she, yes. I mean, saw that saw that from a mile away. She put his balls in the vice, man. She had him under 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 her uh, lock and key for a little while in the show. So uh, until, of course, uh, he paid her back in with a bazooka. But <laughs> <laughs> but before that, man, she was handling business, man. She even killed her own brother, and in a, in a gangster fashion too, man. She's she is not to be trifled with, and I, I always I always think of her. As kind of setting the standard for uh, female masterminds in, in Gundam series. Um, well, I mean, she's she's a pretty interesting character because I mean, the thing is, is the zombies are basically male dominated, mm-hmm. um, but she's just as devious and conniving and scheming as um, Giran is, right. and you know, and people kind of just don't take her um, lightly and and more open-minded because yeah she saw the importance of new types and that they were the mm-hmm. future whereas he was just you know obsessed with like super villain mega weapons mm-hmm. yeah and you, you get a feeling that as she was kind of in his position that uh the whole war of independence for the zeon probably would have went a little bit differently and um you know you just yeah, she was open-minded on the new new type thing, and you, they don't go too much into her politics or anything like that. But you can definitely see that she really, outside of everything, sees that this guy is just up to no good. I mean, it's just yeah. complete power and subjugation grab is what he's trying to do. 
And um, yeah, I mean, she uh, yeah, she's she's a pretty strong one. And it's and it'd be interesting if if she was written in that show, not in the seventies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how, how maybe like if it was like written in the two thousands or 2010s, maybe how differently that character would be, which has me interested well, in how she'll be depicted in the origin as it goes along. If you think about it though, for the seventies, the way she's written is pretty yeah. forward thinking because, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's no, there's no romance in her life. We don't get any indication that she has any interest in any guys out there. All she cares about is, you know, her political power and building up that base and accomplishing her goal. So she's very goal driven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rich is, I mean, Rich is, um, you know, a lot different for characters at that time, but still. And even for these days, I mean, how many characters do we see like, like that? No, that aren't not just often. you know preening over some guy and and their brains turn to mush whenever that guy's around and you know all yeah. of that junk. You know she just wants to accomplish her goals and and get that power. Straight yeah. businesswoman, man. Yeah, Pretty much. Because even the, even the ones that um, you know we we put off the table, um, they they still had their romance fetishes. They did. So. Even even um, even that uh, old Haman couldn't get enough of the junkyard kids, or rather the <laughs> junkyard. The junkyard kid specifically. Nice. Yeah. The, the, the leader of the junkyard. The junkyard the, squad. The junkyard dog himself. Judo. <laughs> but um, I, on, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I would say, and it's not in a, in a bad way, more so than in a maniacal way. Um, another kind of a, a villainess, I, I'll, I guess I'll put her in that category, um, that, that is a character to actually you know watch the trajectory of is... Uh, Katagina Luce from uh, Victory Gundam. Holy shit. As like her character is on the opposite end of the spectrum of uh Uso, um the main character of uh Yeah, and, and and it's just weird to see her descent. Like you see her start out as an average girl, kind of a spoiled um daughter of a of a of a, a rich local businessman. And then as, you know, the shit hits the fan and all these characters get displaced, all these kids get displaced on opposite sides of the conflict, you know, she pairs up with some bad people and she learns uh the ways of the battlefield and she she finds her talent in being a mobile suit pilot and um being very very uh very cruel and vindictive and manipulative and she becomes a scary scary character by the end of victory gundam i, I can't believe how demonic she becomes and well, she's, um she's kind of like your um your boy's husband who uh saji's husband Luis. oh boy because <laughs> you know She's kind of the same way. <laughs> Came from oh a rich God, you family. You suck a that shit. Uh, <laughs> well, you walked into it. So yeah, but at least Louise had Damn. a motivation, motivation for yes. becoming what she well, did with the family. death of her parents. Whereas yeah. Kajina's just like just a psycho. Bonkers. Yeah, Louise pulled out of that nosedive. Of, of, that too. Yeah, yeah she, that pull, too. she pulls yeah. out of that before she became before she lost her damn mind and ends up walking the countryside as a blind woman. <laughs> Which is still probably the most appropriate oh. uh, ending for her. Believe like, you yeah, me. Yeah, she deserved to die, but damn, just being a dumb, uh, a mind, a mind effed uh, blind girl walking the countryside on a little hover pad. That's awesome. Death was not good enough for her. Nah. And uh, the fate she got was so good. So good. Um, outside of that, uh, um, I will say that I think my favorite uh, female character from the way that she's depicted outside of uh, the obvious um just just how her course of uh her run through uh the series that she's in plays out is uh 
Soshi uh, Haim from uh, Turn A Gundam. Um, you know, she's there pretty much throughout the entire series as uh, the, uh, I wouldn't say she's the little sister. She's kind of like the sister character to uh, Laurent Shahak, but she wants to be more. She's uh, the, the girl next door, and yet she wants to be the love interest of the main character. So um, she already doesn't pass the test. But um, she gets into her own adventures, and, and, and she builds a bond with Laurent that um, I don't think many other characters do in the show. And the her um the way that series turns out with her, you know, you know, being dejected in the end is is something that you see coming, but it's pretty painful. At least for at least for me it was pretty painful for me to see and how she dealt with it and um Laurent shows wisely. Oh, did he now? I know I know Chris believes so. <laughs> that. But I, I liked her character throughout the entire series. She never was annoying. Um and really? I, I thought no not to me never? man I, wow I, <laughs> what, 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 what I, she wasn't annoying I, she she would put Laurent in his place sometimes and she would she would she would talk shit and she would always be ready to fight and I thought you know she yeah, never puts her in her place hey man well, you know she's she 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 <laughs> there's nobody with big balls to do it man no one's got balls oh. big enough to put her in a place so uh so she high man I'm I'm all about that character. And um, I thought that uh, she she was one of the one of the my, my favorite female character from that show easily. So I know that uh, I'm in the minority, but wow, um, a lot of good, great female characters. Boy, oh boy, <laughs> for that. But okay. <laughs> hey, Lily was the shit, too. But uh, anyway, I, I pass the mic back to you, Neil. Uh, well, I'm kind of surprised this one wasn't um, added was because I always liked her. And I guess she's probably in the vein mm-hmm. of a Cassilia, probably like. If Cassilia kind of lived, maybe mm-hmm. this might have happened to her. But Amelia, genius from Macross. Yes. Because you have, you know, of course, the whole bread that kill and all this other stuff. But then, you know, was always interested to see, you know, her go from, you know, just like all the Zentradi going from, you know, being just having one goal in life to kind of integrating with humans. And, of course, she becomes a mother like what like seven or eight times i believe something like that oh boy and um you know and then as you see her like in macross seven and stuff completely different like than what you remembered her in in super dimension super dimensional fortress macross where Mm -hmm. you know she was just like a fighter jock and she still kind of got that in seven but you know, here she's trying to be like the mayor of the city. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like that because it kind of showed a transformation of a character, you know, throughout um, a timeline, throughout a universe there. And it's like it's it's something that we always kind of don't always see, even when we have like these multi-generational things where, you know, it's like, yeah, she went back a few times to be a fighter pilot in seven. But in the end, she was still just kind of. You know, she was older. She was a mom doing her, uh, you know, her political duties and stuff like that. So, I thought that was. Uh, I, I've always liked her. I kind of, you know, I thought that was a great representation. Uh, and once again, one of these situations where, you know, from the early '80s and and stuff like that, uh, kind of an interesting way of de- depicting a character. Um, so. You know that 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 would be one of mine, uh, Chris. You, she, well, she's come a long way from that shitty knife fight. That poorly animated knife fight. Well, um, I mean, you outsource mm-hmm. you outsource work mm-hmm. with uh, a day and a half to do something. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to anime friend. <laughs> you have to remember this is this is pre, this is pre the uh, time of you know uh, sending it electronically. Mm-hmm. This is probably they had to do it on cells and do film and probably had to like FedEx it or something like that. So who knows who knows how they did it back then. <laughs> but it wasn't just uh, point click send so 
But uh, Chris, um, any other females of notes? Bad, well, good, indifferent? I think uh, for me to wrap up some good characters, I'll do a cyberpunk double header. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, both of these pretty much don't require any explanation. The first being Major Kusanagi. Mm-hmm. And the second being the Night Sabers collectively. Yes. Yeah. Because how rare is it to see a team of women fighting who are not magical girls? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and are not a Sentai team fighting in these hard suits and they're out there combating all these psychopathic boomers and other crazy things and all the while leading double lives in various different uh, situations. Yeah. Nicely selected, man. Holy shit. What about uh, Eno L, man? I'm amazed you never picked her up, man. I'm amazed you didn't uh, exclude her from your choices. Well, we can't go on forever. Aye, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, so you, you would talk a blue streak. Give us... Give us. <laughs> Give us, give us some, give your final two. My final two. Um, I would say uh, Nataro Badgerul is one of those. I, I, she doesn't get talked about enough, but in uh, Gundam Seed, she was in there and she uh, was, uh, I guess, the the vice captain or the first officer to um, to uh, to to old uh, Captain Physics, uh, Cap- Cap- Captain Ramius. <laughs> um, and she, I thought she was a um, a pretty competent character. She was a little short sighted at first, but you really got to. She grew on you as the series went along, and I liked how strong she was. Um, you know, although she had uh, she 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 had some vulnerabilities, and uh, eventually came to, uh, brought it to her end. But I thought she was a solid character, and um, I'd have to probably say uh, Misa Hayase uh, from uh, uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Although she, uh, you know, eventually fell for, uh, I was about to say Rick, Hikaru. Um, That's okay, she, you can say when, Rick. Rick, well, again, I said it is 30 years of bad habits, but. <laughs> but yeah, um, she was a very strong character when introduced. And, um, you know, she had her, her mind on the job, and, you know, her job was her life. And, you know, she, she wanted to be the best, uh, you know, the best, uh, the best uh, first officer that she could be on the SDF 1. And um, you grew to like her character, even though she started out cold. And um, I, I thought she was pretty, pretty nicely rendered throughout the course of Super Dimension Fortress Macross. So I, I couldn't end the segment without at least mentioning her. Okay, well that's great. And um, thank you, uh, Mr. Saber. We'll end on that note. And wasn't there uh, a second half to that topic? Was there a second half to the topic? Let me see. Maybe it was how I would like to see women depicted. Oh yes, how would yeah. you like? To, oh, before we go, how would you like to see women predict? Uh, depicted in future shows um more of a main character first off <laughs> i would oh, like to see him so it won't happen but uh i would like to see a, a more well-rounded lead character i mean like i said in what way though i mean um, just specifics because you're just saying well-rounded and well, what, a character, like, what, uh, uh, what uh, types do well, you want no, well, it's, not, it's not so much about type but i would like to see the plot actually follow her storyline as opposed to her being a tertiary character or a secondary character i'd like i'd like to actually story to follow her and her development and how 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 things play out and and the the events actually having an effect on her as opposed to having an effect you, on some but, dude as a lead. But what if they follow a cheerleader? Is that what you want? Like if it's just. Uh, but am I going to watch a show that the that there's I'm just a cheerleader? Saying, I mean, the thing is, give kind of specifics on this, man. It's so general, like. Well, I mean, I'm not writing the story, but I'm just I'm I'm talking. Just about give a just, few specifics of a character type. 
You, you always round up, rattle, rattle off character type stuff. Give a character type thing. Or right. One or two. You don't have to give a soliloquy <laughs> about this, but just, I mean, well-rounded is just so general, man. Seriously. Well, I, I didn't say well-rounded, but... Yeah, you uh, did. did. You I? did say well-rounded. Yeah, you did oh, say well-rounded. Well, yeah. well, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just give us one or two specifics. You want a strong, you know, do you want like a Cassilia type strong? What, what, what are you looking for in a woman? Answer the question. Cut off his mic. Answer the question. Cut off yeah. his mic. I would like, I would like a, a female lead that's more like, I would say, Pris Asagiri okay. from, uh, from uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Sure. One that's uh, very independent, you know, does her own thing. Um, but you know, she, she can be cool in a lot of situations. Um, but you know, certain things do piss her off and, um, I would like to see just her development in, in a, in a very screwed up situation, whether it be a Gundam series or if it's a, a an original storyline, that's fine. But I would like to see her growth as a character as, uh, as she faces off in events. And I'd like to see, you know, how she would tackle that as opposed to maybe a guy character in that same situation. So that would be, uh, that would be my rough draft right there. Okay, uh, Chris. What are what are some ways that you'd like to see female characters portrayed in the future? Uh, for starters, anything that's the exact opposite of Gundam Age. Yay. <laughs> okay. And any specifics? Um, well, since we talked about it recently, and it was mentioned in this segment, uh, I'd like to see more characters like Makomori from Pacific Rim, yeah. where. They have character arcs of their own, and they are not just there as a romantic subplot or a death motivator or a baby factory for the hero. <laughs> I'd like to see them be ends in and of themselves. Yeah. Uh, I know we're never going to reach the territory of having female main characters in Gundam shows, any of that, but that doesn't mean that we can't have better female characters. We've had them before, and then Age came along and just crapped on all of that with pretty much every horrible female character in that show it did (laughs) but there's still good women out there and uh you know i will mention i should have mentioned this earlier but uh you know hitomi from escaflone who yeah oh yeah thank you you know was the main character in uh, the shoujo romance show disguised as a mecha show and it's been done before it can be done again of having good female characters of you know, various character types. It doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, a woman charging in the forefront, killing lots of people and being a female Rambo because Hitomi never fought. She's not a mecha pilot. She was the main character, though. So we can have female characters in various, you know, positions in the story and they can be good without having to be fighting. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's, that's what that's, I'd like to see more. And that's that's a good way that I'd like to to kind of end on this on, on my thoughts on it too is that's where i'm kind of looking at too i'm kind of i understand there's always whenever you have a man and a woman and any type of story there's always going to be some type of attraction stuff like that but when we're especially when we're dealing with these stories that are like end of the world like a lot of these mecha shows end up being i, I i'm with chris where it's like i i enjoyed seeing uh, and I know Silbro mentioned it too. I enjoy seeing it where they're just not the death motivation or, you know, hey, we beat everybody at the end. Oh, now let's just kiss because now we can go off and, you know, have a life together. And oh boy. The, the other thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see really skilled, especially if you're going to do like pilots or something like that. Mm-hmm. I want I'd like to see them being really skilled, but they don't necessarily have to be like a bitch on wheels like you know, when they're in the off time, maybe they're joking around with the guys and stuff like that. But then they're very competent 
uh, as, as what they do. Because sometimes there's like an extreme. It's like, oh, okay, she's a badass pilot, but she won't talk to anybody. And she's just a bitch and blah, blah, blah. And it just, you know, it's like, God, this just gets to be so cliched. And I don't think that's fair to, uh, in a way of depicting women, because a woman can be a very good pilot or a businesswoman or something like that, but they don't have to be a pitch on wheels to yes. people in, in their daily thing. And I think follow, following following that balance or fa- finding that balance uh, would, would help. But, you know, this is Japan, so I'm not going to hold my breath. So um, any any last thoughts, guys, before we close this out? Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're on to something there, sir. Um, I, I didn't mention this before, but um, Melissa Mao is an honorable mention for me from uh, Full Metal Panic. I think that's okay. also another female character that uh, a- is a- also... Any other honorable mentions before we... No, no I'm good. I'm, that, that's it. I am done. Right. But uh, right. no, that's solid, solid discussion, fellas. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to thank uh, Mr. Saber for his submission. And just keep a lookout. Um, I think... Just like uh, the news articles thread a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, when we kind of refreshed it, uh, look to see that this topic submission thread is going to be um, uh, probably refreshed uh, and, and washed anew. And, um, you know, we'll probably have a few, a few additional guidelines on there when it comes to posting something. So uh, thank you, Mr. Saber, for your submission. And thank you, all those people that have submitted. Um, unfortunately, for whatever reason, we can't get to everybody's submissions or we've done it in other things. So thank you. And uh, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. They smelled bad on the outside on upcoming superhero movies. Scott, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Why? <laughs> because there is another movie that we must discuss. Oh, what's that? Man of Steel. Oh, Man of Steel. Okay, oh, wait, the, the, there's someone to say that. Here's my thoughts on Man of Steel. It's Zack Snyder directing Kryptonian on Kryptonian violence. And as much as I'm annoyed that they're recycling a Superman villain we've already seen on screen. And that there are plenty of Superman villains we could talk about. But he was the best Superman villain. This is going to be the best Dragon Ball Z movie ever. <laughs> I have no frame of reference for, for Dragon Ball Z. Please check our website at of everything that creates hate, everything that helps make it grow. Alright everyone, this is Sil Bosby, and you've heard about Judo! Judo Judo Washington! Judo and the Junkyard Kids. Well this fall on WSBR, they're gonna be coming to your home! Uh, annoying pest! What are you looking at? <laughs> You're being mean, Judo! Why won't you play with me? 
Judo is under my control. Joy Judo as they go against all the wackiness with the Mashima and the Junkyard guy. And you learn a little things in the end. That's it. This fall, Judo and the Junkyard kids are WSBR for your DVR favorites. Judo, you just watch. I'm going to get you this time. Where's Sumire? She went home. She said she only came here to see that you were all right. Gun Damn, the babe's leaving already. You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. You got a problem with that? Welcome back to episode 130 of Gundam at MAHQ. Um, in this episode, we had two subjects, and the first subject was us reviewing Gundam Age Memory of Eden, the OVA series that recaps the love story between... <laughs> I'm just kidding. The conflict between Awesome and Zahart throughout the uh, course of Gundam Age. And the second subject we discussed was submitted by Saber, and uh, he wrote to us asking us about the roles of women in mecha anime and um, how they were how they've been well depicted and uh, poorly depicted. Before we close out this episode, you know we have to open up the mailbag for some questions, and I pass the mic over to our postmaster general himself, Chris. All right. Well, we take your voicemails at 305-792-8324, which will be skipping over this time because we're running a little bit late. We're just going to jump into the regular mailbag, which you can drop a question for in the thread on mechatalk.net. Our first question comes from Cult Classic, who says, Hello. Of the other two members of Gundam, you either have to kill one or marry one. Marry one. What do you choose? Also, of all of the Gundam pilots, who would you marry and who would you kill? So, out of you two guys, um, I'm going to have to choose Kill Sobro just because it's a shorter drive. Indeed. <laughs> so, simple as, simple as that. Well, Kill Sobro, marry no one. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll kill you, then marry Emma just to rub it in. Oh, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> oh, when, did, when did she become a member of Gundam? <laughs> well, the second question is of the Gundam pilots, oh. who would you marry? Oh, okay. Kill. Oh man. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll marry Emma just to rub it in and kill. Of well, that's obvious. Yeah. Name, name rhymes with Rio Fasuno. Nice. <laughs> Sobro. Uh, for me, I would uh, if I had to if I had to kill uh, one of you guys, um, I could kill Chris, but uh, um. I, I would like to go to. I mean, I'm the shorter drive too. So. Yeah, you are the shorter drive. I have to kill you because uh, I don't got I don't got a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money to go out to LA it's, and, it's and hunt down Neo. <laughs> and, and if, if you, if yeah, you, I don't even you, live in LA, so <laughs> if you wait for MegaCon for me mm-hmm. to come, that makes it even easier. Nice, nice. Yeah. I st- a time to start plotting. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 the, the earthquakes and the robot apocalypse will get Neo. So you know. <laughs> gonna give me robots sweet sweet and as for uh pilots who you who i would marry well that's obvious who i would marry and who i would kill probably um probably what's her face that dumb uh she didn't pilot the gundam though um i i'm now forgetting her wretched name the girl from shars counterattack um damn it quest yeah quest but she didn't pilot the gundam did she so she's not eligible 
So um, it doesn't have to be you're killing somebody. So it doesn't have to be a woman that you have to yeah. kill. No, you're right. You're right. So I would probably kill uh, uh what's his face? Um, Shin, Shin, because he annoyed me. Huh? <laughs> Poor Shin. Sorry. Poor Shin. Uh, I would kill both of you. Nuclear strike to Florida. Sweet. Probably. If I blew up Florida, it'd probably solve a lot of the world's problems. Nice. <laughs> but, then, but then no more Disney World and Universal. Hey, oh. we have we have uh, Disneyland, Disneyland. <laughs> and Universal. Disneyland, don't don't compare. <laughs> I know, don't compare. I'm just saying. Well, they probably have a they probably have a radioactive blast shield, anyways. <laughs> They'll be like, oh. <laughs> They have all that contingency. It's probably something from like the Cuban Missile Crisis that was built. Plus, Neil's, um, get, new, Neil's getting new beachfront property. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> Blizzard Beach, all over. Awesome. <laughs> of all the Gundam pilots, I'd have to. Uh, the ones I would marry. Um, shoot, who would I? Um, I'm trying to think of um, the girls. Uh, oh, Sela. She was a Gundam pilot. There you go. Um, For all of five minutes. <laughs> Hey, counts. It does, does she not get credit in MAHQ, Chris? She does. Oh, fudge. So that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who would I kill? Um, Luna Maria Hawk. Well, I, I, that makes sense. <laughs> you found the perfect choice. <laughs> so that's it. All right. And our next questions come from Sakura Angel who says hi master of dream crashing humanity's last hope and soul bro first question is what do we think about Gargantia and Valvrave well we've covered Gargantia and I believe none of us have still seen Valvrave not yeah. to this day not at this point yeah the second question is Capcom related for soul bro so we will uh, leave that aside you know give it to um, fighters ready you know, fighters ready or level nine but not go. here as we already stated side and Number three, what beer do you guys recommend this week? I'm still drinking Dos Equis and Shock Top. Thanks, guys, and Pacific Rim. Well, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> my my good standby this summer, Samuel Adams Porch Rocker. Get it mm-hmm. while it's still around because all of the summer beers are suddenly replaced by the fall beers. Oh, so you might have to dig for it. Not too bad. Um, uh, I, have, I haven't been drinking that much beer lately, but if there is one that I would recommend, it would be... Um, um, uh, I bought some not too long ago. My good old Icelandic porter. I stocked the beer of Vikings because it's got a Viking head on it. So it's very good. If you like a porter, it's it's very uh, more delicious. So nice. And I don't drink beer, but I would say Long Island iced tea. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Our next question also comes from Sakura Angel, which is again Capcom related. So skip it. I. Maybe the old mailbag thread needs to be rebooted. <laughs> oh, damn it. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. All right. Next, we have Yahtzee88, who has two questions. Number one, this will interest Neo and maybe Chris and Sobro. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think if Surbay did a live-action adaptation of Dominion Tank Police? I really Ooh. think he could pull it off. Lots of explosions and buddy cop-style comedy any, everywhere. It'd be like bad boys except with tanks, although Bonaparte can kick gun tanks ass any day. Oh, shit. The gauntlet has been thrown. That last. (laughs) If if I was in front of you right now, I'd take my little white glove off and I'd smack you across the face for a good old fashioned duel. But yes, survey, buddy cops, explosions with tanks. Collateral damage everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mr. Movie, authorize this. Budget, 
Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> that is really the only Shiro property I would like to see him get his hands on. Outside of that, please leave Ghost in the Shell alone. <laughs> but uh, think the, about it: all mm-hmm. of the money wasted on a piece of garbage like the Lone Ranger, yes, could have let Survey make an explosion tastic movie like oh, Dominion Tank Police. Yes. God, would it would have been just amazing. He would, he, would, he would do it justice, I think. Yeah, he um, would. I mean, granted, the acting would suck, but the, the explosions would be what? magnificent. How dare you, sir? <laughs> oh, hey, yes. it's, it's okay. It's all right, man. It's it's yeah. The acting's so bad. Oh, sorry, goofla boof. That's the oh. only. How dare you? How hey, dare you, sir? Hey, good thing he's not in part four. <laughs> I know. That's why it's going to be an instant classic. It's already an instant classic. So there you go. All right. Question number two: What Gundam uniform? and pilot suits do you guys like or prefer which ones do you hate or can't stand i know sobro likes the titans pilot suit because of M machine and i personally like the zap red uniform and londo bell pilot suits from unicorn mm-hmm. as an extension what non-gundam and non-macross uniforms and pilot suits do you like as well sobro wow wow man i, I need a moment <laughs> Damn uh, it. I can do this very easily. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, uniforms. Uh, yeah, the Titan uniform, the regular uniform rocks, especially yes. the one. Um, oh, who was the captain? Uh, that one captain that had like the long coat, kind of the. Gotti. Gotti. Yeah. I like, I like that look. Um, the Londo Bell uniforms Ooh. that Bright was rocking in Char's counterattack. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christina's freaking pilot suit looked like she was ready to go uh, race for the Williams F1 team. Nice. Yeah. Um, I do like the Zaft red suit, but even better is the Zaft white suit. That's the one that really rocks. And uh, non Gundam or Macross uniforms and pilot suits. Uh, all the all the uniforms of Leslie Mazamoto. All those. Yeah. And uh, pilot suits. I can't really, nothing really kind of stands out too much because in the end, a lot of those suits all kind of, they're all very, they're all very uh, similar in a lot of ways. And it's, it's not that any are bad or any are worse, but they're all kind of similar to me. So that's, that's where I stand. Well, I know that um, I pretty much I wanted to clarify that uh, he wrote that uh, I like the Titans pilot suit. Not so much that um, as Neo pointed out, I enjoy the, the yeah, more so the Titans uniform uniforms. Box. Yeah, the uniform for the Titans is 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 awesome. Also, the Zeon uniforms, um, especially Neo Zeon uniforms, are pretty awesome too. Um, usually, the antagonists' uniforms in Gundam are always always the ones that are are the best looking. But um, Londo Bell definitely is is up there. Um, I liked some of the uh, the uniforms in uh, Gundam Seed as well with the with the Federation. Um, I thought that um, the, the 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 Alliance or the Federation their their uniforms were were pretty good and a nice a nice spin on um, what the what what other Federations have had in previous series. But um, outside of uh, Gundam, man, in uh, in a lot of ways though, didn't Mobile Suit Gundam's uniform kind of um sprout off to a lot of these other shows or was there a show yeah, that was before that mobile suit that kind of took the same thing because it seems like especially in the 80s all these federation mo- suits no matter what show you're watching look similar they all look kind of similar with each other am i was, I, I was am about I stating br- something chris or anything or well, i was about to bring up votomes is a is a clear example because i think yeah. the, the the federation or whatever the organization was in in that series had a very similar uniform to the uh 
the Federation in the Gundam series as well. And I thought that uniform was not too bad. The Red Shoulders outfit was dope as hell um, for, for yeah. Chirico himself. So, yeah, if I was to, to point something out off the top of my head, that would definitely be up there. But Why are you stealing my shit? Oh, fudge. Am I misstating that, though, Chris? Is it the Gundam uniform that's co- – or did Gundam – copy because sh- it seems like late 70s kind of the 80s these federations they all looked similar to the earth federation uniform a mobile suit but is that the progenitor or you know you know what i'm saying is that the basis or even in I voltron mean, uh, the, the the federation uniform and that was uh very similar to the one in gundam 2 although that came after i think gundam just took its cues from real life militaries mm-hmm. yeah you know, because obviously the Xeon were very Germanic, and uh, you know the the Federation looks at least somewhat U.S. military, roughly. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just taking inspiration from real things. Okay, and then probably everyone else started doing the same thing. Yeah, sounds good. Right on. What's yours, Chris? Outside of what Solbro stole from you? <laughs> well, for Gundam, the Titans uniforms are pretty cool but i kind of have to give the win to oz because they're just so damn stylish nice. oh damn i forgot about those nice. god damn it that traces traces alone is so it's so zex too yeah zex was zex was awesome I mean, we shit on zex being low rent char but that joker's <laughs> that joker's all right and he, he was looks, dressed to kill looks, boy <laughs> and freaking noin looked awesome and mm. she, you know that was a cool look man yeah wow. damn it i forgot about them Oz was off the chain man Damn, sorry. And for pilot suits, I'm going to have to go for a tie between the suits worn by the Wing Boys and by Garrett because they look like they're ready to do some motorcycle racing. They do. <laughs> that is true. That Excite Bike. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so non-Gundam um, and non-Macross, that's kind of tough. Because, um, like I said, a lot of them kind of look like each other <laughs> a little the, bit. Uh, <laughs> the kind of the UN uniforms used in Total Eclipse were, were kind of kind of weird, interesting, especially like those funky shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, okay. those were kind of neat. And for pilot suit, I'm going to have to go with the Melkian pilot suit, which is not just for red shoulders. That's all of them. And I like that they stick out because they are red. They look like you're wearing those and you're ready to kill people. Indeed. You just, you just walk around wearing those. You slap on a helmet. With a uh, little oxygen pack, you're good to go. It's like a murderer's jersey. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Pretty much. Next, we have a new listener who, named Dingo Stita. Awesome. Says, yo, I'm new to the forums, but been a listener to Gundam for more than a year now. I've got a question for you. You guys always talk about what websites to watch anime on in the podcast, but I can't remember any of them. What sites do you guys suggest? I've tried Crunchyroll and look at Funimation streaming, but neither really interests me that much. Are any of these sites that have Gundam series or any other cool mecha series? Hmm. Well, first of all, um, there is this thing called Google. You can search you know, legal streaming sites. Nice. But uh, a few of the other obvious choices, aside from what you've mentioned, would be Soul Bros beloved Hulu and Netflix. Oh, indeed. indeed. We've got now as an option Daisuke for Gundam shows and mm-hmm. other things. We have YouTube where you can find stuff from Daisuke. We have Gundam.info where they are streaming double O. Um, that's, that's what jumps out of me. There's other stuff out there. Anime Network, they have streaming. Uh, is Neon Alley, technically not streaming, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't really group that in there. In terms of other 
legit streaming sites. Um, there is that site, Anime Souls, but they don't, they don't really have any mecha as far as I know. Yeah. So If you're looking for a pretty good resource as to what series are being streamed and what are not being streamed, uh, Anime News Network, if you go there and you look up a show, it'll tell you if it's currently streaming anywhere as well underneath that show's description. So um, if you're looking, if, you, if you're just curious about certain shows, just go there and see if it is streaming. It's not technically streaming from there, but it'll tell you where well, it's streaming. Well, they have streaming, at. too. They do have streaming, yeah, they too. Have streaming. But, but um, it, if it's being streamed somewhere else, it'll also tell you as well at that website. And some of the stuff now is being done uh, by these companies on YouTube and stuff, too. So yep. uh, Gundam Info is on YouTube, right? I yes. think. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, just use something called a search engine. <laughs> and um, I, th- I think you'll be all right. <laughs> the answer's so. at your fingertips. Yeah. All right. Next, we have AJQ32, who says, Greeting, Gundam Meisters. I have a few wacky questions for you this time. Mm-hmm. Number one, if they're going to make another Dynasty Warriors Gundam game, and the theme of it was pilots being pulled from their universe and forced to use a machine they've never seen before, here's the kicker. They give you guys the job of who was forced to use what machine. What would you guys choose? Let your imaginations go wild. Would you put Kira Yamato into the Zaccarello or Kyo Asano into a ball? Yes. You can give them a machine that would either ensure their success or failure. Have some fun with it. Actually, I would put Kyo Asano in one of the wing Gundams at the end of Endless Waltz when they're thrown into the sun. Ouch. And I would, I would do that as success. Okay. So... I have, uh, I'll put Kyo Asuno in a ball mm-hmm. and have him fight Psycho Gundam. Oh, nice. Just, nice. just, just a step on it like a bug. I thought, I thought you would say you're going to put Kyo Asuno in the ball and have a, 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 a horde of big Zams play kickball with it. That's also <laughs> a good idea. I would put Kyo in the Methus because um, that would just be a, a, a very short. I uh, uh, survive. Uh, how so? I mean, that's the most disposable suit. I mean, not everybody has Fa's luck. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that her, but, but her, nobody ever died in a Methus, though. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Then, then, then I, I, I guess the ball it is. It's like a floating coffin. <laughs> All right. Number two. Now this one's getting dangerously into Capcom territory, but I'll oh, allow it. it. Mm-hmm. This one's for Solbro. What if they made a game that was Gundam versus Street Fighter, and the Street Fighters had mecha versions of themselves to pilot with all the same fighting abilities they have? What would you match? What would your matchups be? Chun Li versus God Gundam, Blanca versus Strike Freedom. Again, have some fun with it. May Grumpy Cat frown upon you. Nice. Um, I would. This is easy for me um, because I've always wanted to see it. I would like to have a, a Mecha Akuma versus a, a Master Asia in his uh, in his Gundam man. That would be. That would be. What the world would explode because <laughs> of all the power being uh being well, your, your world that fight. Would explode. It would, it would, yeah. but it, it would be a, it would be a battle that would rock the planet. That's for sure. I just don't understand that concept of fighting game characters and fighting robots. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like mechanized versions of fighting, fighting, fighting game characters. Like, there's a game called Cyberbots, and in it, there's Uh-oh, actually a, territory. there's Capcom actually territory. a Mecha Akuma in that game. So, if you take that concept where they took a, a character from Street Fighter and made a mech out of that character. Then um, they could do that with any other Street Fighter character and make a game based around that, and it that would be neat to see. But um, that would be the matchup I would like to see right off the bat. All right. Uh, next we have EA Net dude who says, "Now that Pacific Rim is released, what does Troll think about the film?" Oh, Troll's alive? 
Oh shit! I don't know where he's even been? I, I don't. I don't think we do. We do. We want to know what that guy thinks of the movie. Nah, f him. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure it's not nice. Whatever it is, he drinks up all your beer. He poops in your bed. I'm glad you got him out your house, Chris. <laughs> he's. We don't. We don't want him. And our last questions come from VF1S Valkyrie, who says, "Hello, Gundam crew." Number one, while browsing a Japanese import site, I noticed that the age Blu-rays have English subs. Mm-hmm. Do you think having English subs will be a standard feature on Gundam or anime in general Blu-rays, or is this just a fluke? It's something that's becoming a bit more common, but I wouldn't expect it to be something that you're going to be seeing all the time or as a standard yeah. feature. In the case of age, it's just the same old subs that they had on YouTube for... Southeast Asia, so nothing special there. I, I can't think of too many shows uh, that's, that do even do this and do that in this day and age besides uh, anything that does simulcasts. Um, and, and not even all of those come out on Blu-ray with, uh, with subtitles. Um, but yeah, uh, age is age. And outside of that, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the only other thing I can think of that came out with English subs on there on Blu-rays as well. And that's about it. All right. And question number two. With the introduction of the high-grade After War series of kits, granted there are only two, mm-hmm. and having the Gundam X Mao in Gundam Build Fighters, could Sunrise finally be getting over their dislike of Gundam X? Thanks for your time and keep up the excellent work. I'm going to disagree with the very premise of the question of dislike of Gundam X. Yeah, I mean, how, does, was... how does a company dislike something that... Uh, Why? Because it was cut short? It had, bad, it had bad ratings, and they cut it short. I mean, that happens... All the time all, in television. All the time. And yeah. even if we took the premise of the question of them getting over it, that's also faulty because in the last few years they did the Mangas. After the Moonlight manga, which was so successful that it was extended beyond its original run. So that's something. Uh, the X units have featured pretty heavily in a lot of the recent Gundam games, including... Um, the Versus series, I mean, they're represented yep. there all of the time, whether it's X or Double X or the Frost Brothers. So mm-hmm. they're there. A few years ago, uh, the Gundam X got a fixed figuration. So um, I would say that Gundam X has you know, not been off of Bandai's and Sunrise's radar. It's cool that it's back in animation now, but uh, I wouldn't say that they disliked it. So I, I don't agree with the premise of the question. Yeah, I mean... Just because it got, I mean, if original Mobile Suit got canceled, so they got over their dislike of that pretty quick, yeah. right? I mean, it's just just because something gets canceled, television shows doesn't mean that it's bad or a series didn't want it to, in, or a, a company didn't want it to continue. It, it ends up being a numbers game. If you have something that's not performing to the way they want it to perform so they can sell ads, then why would you keep it? And you could put something else that might do better. I mean... In the end, it's about that. So, I mean, th- there was a cooling period for Gundam X uh, when when it when it didn't come through. But uh, it as as Chris and Neo had mentioned, there has been a resurgence since. And I don't think it was a question of dislike; it's just a question of uh, didn't perform well. What what wasn't popular at one time now is popular. So it's it's good to see that it's getting the recognition that it deserves because it definitely deserves it. And Gundam Build Fighters will allow these uh this these mechas to be to be seen in animation again, which is uh, a a nice bit of a, a a, a turnabout for uh, Gundam X. I, I, I like the fact that it's coming back at least in a small way. And and let's not forget that you know it's been almost twenty years since Ooh. X aired. Goodness, yeah. dating ourselves here, yeah, no doubt. So you know 
the regimes in these companies change over time oh. and as the popularity of the series has you know grown throughout the years it's not going to be seen as the black sheep it might have been before mm-hmm. so attitudes change over time and the fact that it's represented more now and is seen better amongst the fandom is really not a surprise people's attitudes change as the the years wear on yeah i mean it happened to turn a too you know a long time ago people a lot of people didn't like turn a and now everybody loves turn a you, everybody you, you, you meet you meet a gundam <laughs> fan and everybody loves turn a now but like six years ago it was like oh turn a was so bullcrap and didn't you know whatever and but like chris said people's things change so yeah nice yeah yeah, you gotta be careful. With, you gotta be careful phrasing stuff like that, because he said dislike. He said they had a dis- Sunrise had a dislike. Yes, like that. Like that was a known, a known quantity. Like we knew that they disliked him. It's hard to say. I don't think you can say that. But. And that will wrap up the mailbag. So keep those questions coming, and I'll turn it back to Solbro. All right. Well, any last words, gentlemen, before we close this episode out? No. Well, it no. Was- it was a well damn all right well i just wanted to uh hype up uh the uh, gundam fan chat uh for guys for you guys that don't know um a nasty nate one of our uh devout listeners and also the uh host of the gundam fan chat uh has been uh putting out episodes recently i think episode uh seven uh, just dropped recently and that you can find at gundam.net and um i sat down with him to record uh our, some of our thoughts on Pacific Rim just recently with uh, him and uh, many other listeners of Gundam. So that episode should be out soon, and you can also find that at Gundam.net as that drops as well um, in the coming weeks. But uh, many, many shout-outs to him and everybody who was, uh, who's been on the Gundam fan chat so over the last couple of sessions. And um, thank you guys for participating, and I hope you guys continue to do so. Um, outside of that, definitely peep these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. That's the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. Also, make sure you visit Gundam.net, the official website for the Gundam at MAHQ Podcast, and where you can download and find information on this episode and our entire back catalog. Join in on the conversation at mechatalk.net, where you can also find official forums for Gundam, where you can submit questions, topics, and reply to anything that we said in this episode. All other links for Gundam at MAHQ can be found at about.me Gundam. There you will find links to us on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and our other media facets. After listening to Gundam, the next podcast you should be listening to is Chaos Theater, MAHQ's other podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom, hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ himself, Chris Guanche, and everybody's favorite pedal bear of the South, Pedro Cortez. Listen to them at chaostheater.blogspot.com. Shinjuku Station also has a podcast that focuses on fighting games called Fighters Ready, hosted by Gundam's own Sobro Ryu and his co-host Nick the Stampede. Fight your way on over to FightersReady.net where you can download episodes and join in on the conversation. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ episode 130. We'll see you guys next time. So, where is he? Still looking. Where have you looked? His place, his folks' place, uh, his Brock kids' place, Crack Shacks at uh, Siesta Hills, the Indigo, the Crystal Palace, go-kart joint on Copper Ave, uh, AA meeting off the 40. His buddies, Beaver and what's his name? Uh, Badger and Skinny Pete. Yeah, I know. 
He's now with them. They could be covering for him. I posed as a meter reader. I put a bug on the tall kid's mom's place. For three hours straight, all they talked about was something called Babylon 5. Gundam. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. World War Z. Oh, there we go. There's a fucking movie that I wanted to see. Brad Pitt, World War Z, end of the fucking world. Right? There's zombies. There's just shit. The world as we know it will not exist in I don't know how many days. One of the great fucking lines, the kind of line that makes me want to get off my fucking couch, put on my slippers, put on a smoking jacket, and go down to the local movie theater and take in a picture. Right? And then in the end of it, after they show everybody running for their lives it's the end of the goddamn world world war z what 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 is, i don't even know what that is it was world war one world war two they said fuck all the numbers right through infinity fuck the entire alphabet all the way to the last letter world war z i'm i'm fucking, i'm there i gotta see this shit and then in the end what do they do to me rated pg-13 oh go fuck yourself all right and that's not a go fuck yourself to brad pitt or the director or anybody else that I'm trying not to burn a bridge with. <laughs> I know that that was a rated R movie. In fact, I've heard that it was, and they fucking took the knees out of it, and they fucking drag it down into PG-13. All right? I don't give a fuck who you are. If the world is ending, and you're getting chased by zombies, you're not running around going, oh, golly gee, oh, heck, criminies, oh, Jiminy Cricket. And once every 10 minutes you go, oh, shit. You don't. It's the end of the world with zombies. From the beginning... Once they discover the zombies to the end of that movie where they hopefully solve the problem, should be a bunch of people, wait, 85% of the people going, fuck, what the fuck are we going to do? Oh, my God, it's fucking zombies. And then the other 15% should be grabbing them by the shoulders going, for Christ's sake, get a fucking hold of yourself. Right? That should be most of the dialogue in that movie. But now it's, it's PG-13. You know what's funny? I actually tweeted. I have to admit that. I hang my head in shame, but I did tweet. And I do still consider myself a man, even saying that out loud. Say it again, Bill. I tweeted. I said zombie movies are rated R. Hashtag World War Z. Right? And most people agreed. So, of course, this one goes, I have to respectfully disagree, said the success of The Walking Dead. That's what he said. Said the success of The Walking Dead. Fucking Twitter hack. And it's just like, oh, that, that, that's a great idea. I see that business model. So let me get this straight. I'm going to spend over fucking $100, $150 million of my money making a zombie movie, and I'm going to make it no more fucking crazier than what people can sit at home on their couch and watch. That's what the fuck you're telling me? That's that right there. That's your business model. That makes sense to you. Forget about all the cops who are going to steal the movie anyways. Or just, man, I'll just wait a few weeks, and then I'll watch it on fucking whatever, right? You want to get them out? You want to get them excited, see? They come down to go see the picture. And a big screen. Get themselves some popcorn. Sitting there with their best gal. Right? Why the fuck would you make a PG-13 zombie fucking movie? Could somebody, for the love of God, explain that to me?